Mega Dads Live is a mature rated podcast. It's for the Mega Dads, the Mega Moms, but not the Mega Kids. So put on those earmuffs and let's go! Mega Dads Live. This is your monthly visit to the place where gamer life meets real life podcasting since 2014. We are the ultimate podcast to help you balance your love of games media with the joys of life in the real world. My name is Adam Leonard. I'm your host coming to you from the luxurious Mega Dads Beach House this month located in the nation's number one tropical getaway, Champlin, Minnesota. I am joined, of course, as always, by my personal assistant who's spending her summer catching crabs. Mabel, how's it going today, Mabel? Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. They know exactly what kind of crabs I'm talking about. No, no, no. You live a clean life. You live a clean life. I am very excited uh, because not only do we have a flushed out panel of experts. That's right. I'm, I'm using the word experts and I'm not backing down on that. Um, but yesterday was the nine year anniversary of the debut of this very podcast. So super excited to celebrate that, to celebrate the summer games season with my panel of experts. We're going to go around the horn. We're going to start with the person who's actually never been on a Mega Dads podcast yet. And that is Tim Alf from the Nintendo Dad Podcast. Tim, how you doing today? I am today? super excited to make this my first time being on, especially with you guys. Um, this is awesome. Thank you. Well, we're very glad to have you here. Um, we needed some Nintendo wisdom because God knows and I don't And you couldn't get it. Justin. I and understand. I, I understand. <laughs> you, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let's be clear here. You were my first go-to. Um, because I've spoken with Justin on many things and I've spoken with Marty and Jesse, but we've never had you who is really the most talented and, uh, prolific Nintendo dad on the, on the docket. Sweet. So we're excited thanks to have for you covering here. that. I'll we're make sure and send you the you. 20 bucks. So thanks. Um, <laughs> none, none of them wanted to share a beach house with Mabel because she gets handsy. So it's. We apologize for that, and um, you remember you signed a waiver. Next around the horn, we have <coughs> my good friend Luke from the Xbox Expansion Pass. Luke, how's Joe's mom doing? Beautiful, lovely. I appreciate that you took one of the best Nintendo dads. Uh, you brought me here, and you brought the second best trophy room host here. This is nice. This is good. It's nice to be here. Tim, you're looking exceptionally handsome. Uh, that beard is full and lush. Oh, man, thank you. It's um, gonna get handsy too. Adam, I, I gotta tell you, man, we gotta up our beard game. Uh, this, this, I actually, what happened is I, I smothered my lower half of my face in glue, and mm. then I just rubbed it in pubes. I just, <laughs> I just rolled my face in a bowl full of pubes, and this is what came out. Like and that's what I'm going with. Nice. Should have known what I was in for. Mm -hmm. Here we that's are. what that smell is. Mabel shaved this morning, and I said, save that. And next on the panel, <laughs> from, the, from the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, Joe, how is Luke's mom? <sighs> Talk about handsy and loud. Yeah, um, yeah very callous hands. 
Uh, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I am. I am so happy to be here with you, Adam. With you, Tim. Uh, I'm just excited to talk about all. <laughs> All my predictions, all my crazy predictions. And just a question for Luke, because he never likes to answer this question. Mm -hmm. uh, where were you on January 6th, Luke? You look, uh, you have a vibe. How is this? He keeps saying, keep saying you were on vacation, quote unquote. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I just wanted I'm to know. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Yeah. I, uh, you said I you said you put your feet on someone's desk. It was like the <laughs> highlight of your trip. <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from. By the way, I got your uh, I got your Truth Social invite, Joe. Yeah. Not interested. Uh, um, come on, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Bro. Nobody wants to hear my truths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one wants to hear it. Also, who's Tucker? Uh, you said you were really upset. Tucker got fired. I'm not not a. I'm sure. <sighs> Listen, you know, my friend Tucker has been having a pr pretty bad couple of weeks. You know. <laughs> This, this is going to be a glorious podcast. I'm, I'm so excited for for nothing to go the way it's supposed to go according to the to the docket or the show notes. Yeah, you made show uh, notes. That was cute. Yeah, 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 was, yeah. I don't even know what the fuck I was doing. Um, we start every episode of Mega Dad's Live with something we call our super positives, and it goes a little something like this: Mega Dad's being super positive just like to talk a little bit about something that's bringing joy to our life before we get into the depths of this god-awful show we're about to record um i will start just so that if you guys are unfamiliar with how this goes and my super positive this month and it is super ass cliche and that's okay but it's the fucking it's the weather because in minnesota up here in the in the great north we had the longest darkest coldest dreariest winter uh ever and it lasted so long and it was so immersed in the snow and ice and just gnarliness and last night i took the family out into the backyard we have all of our patio stuff set out we had a fire glorious we just stayed out and and drank especially the kids my god can they can they pound those rum and cokes you you put a rum and coke in the hand of a five-year-old they'll show you what's up but we just kids, we're, man. we're enjoying this glorious weather uh and i i cannot get enough of it so that is my super positive tim what's what's making you feel good i need to let my kids try that too because i just been letting them do lines mm. and that's been crazy so well that'll that'll keep yeah. them up see that'll get, that'll ruin bedtime yeah, i need to change it up for them so mm -hmm, all right mm -hmm. Stick so my positive is um, I recently wrote uh, rode my my kid's bike uh, to BMX right. So if you know what a BMX is, it's basically a small you know smaller bike, not your mountain bikes or speed bikes or anything like that. But I have I grew up in the eighties. I remember right, all the BMX. He's got movies. something. It's a BMX like bike, and I rode it because we were fixing it, getting it ready for the warmer season, right? Just like in Minnesota here, Michigan, we have the same long, dreary winter. But got his bike set up and I rode it. Man, that was a nostalgia hit. You know, just being able to ride that type of bike and actually be able to stay on it without falling off <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, but I have to say, if if any, any parent out there who has a kid who has a BMX bike out there, you know, give give that sucker a ride and you'll get a nice uh, nostalgia ride there. I tried that with my with my daughter's little Huffy bike the other day. 
uh, was not as exhilarating of a feeling. <laughs> I, I get it. And, but but the little the little uh, the little bell, yes. the ding ding, that made me feel kind of cool. Nice. Luke, Luke, how are you? What's what's making you feel positive? D you cannot. By the way, Joe, you can't say Luke's mom. And no, Luke, no, no, no. Say the, Joe's the, mom. I would never. One mom joke, you know. Yeah, uh, there's a limit. That's a limit. Yeah. Yeah, they're not high, but we have them. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, uh, as you know, I, I I work in education, and we had testing this week, which made it uh, really, really trying. Like, that's a really rough week for an educator. Um, but I got to tell you, man, I had people coming out of the woodwork just being kind and helpful. Uh, I have really found appreciation for, and I want to generally shout out Captain Logan, uh, my co-host on XEP. He has helped elevate the show in 2023. He's helped... Uh, helped me set up Patreon, helped me set up Discord, uh, and has really helped that community come together. And so, like, weeks where I'm stressed out, it's def tough to get show notes done, or if I'm focused on our interview, our developer interview, voice actor interview for that week, um, he's helping me out with XEP stuff. So I want to give him a genuine shout-out for helping me in kind of, like, stressful times. And then the people at work, man, it's, it's weird to say, but, like, so many people at work were really coming through for those kids and helping us help them, which was really cool. So... Those are my shout outs this week. That's that's so heartfelt and genuine. Um, Joe, top that. All those kids are going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> I already got their scores back and they did not. I don't know. You say a lot of things on the internet and it did not be true. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? This is a tough question. There's, I've A lot of things have been going right for me. So I just want to say, you know what I'm really grateful for? I'm just, I'm rolling 20s recently. So I, I want the luck streak to continue. But you're right. You know, the weather's been nice. The job's been nice. Personal life's been nice. Like everything's just rolling, rolling real, real great. I would say though, the overall positive that's bringing me the great joy is XCP, is the Xbox expansion pass. Wow. Post Captain Logan. I think Captain Logan does <laughs> there a it phenomenal is. job. I knew that it wasn't going to be cut and dry. I got so excited for a second. <laughs> he, he does such a great job carrying that show. Um, I, there's just like another guy that, on there. I don't know. But yeah, you know, Captain Logan, he's just, he's really good at what he does, you know? Anyone called you ugly today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we're going to ring the bell. We're going to go into round two. We're going to start talking about some video games. Uh, I think that the most, of, uh, the majority of us are playing the same thing here. I can look on this docket here, and I think we need to start talking about the big game um, of the moment and possibly of the year. Let's start talking some Zelda. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is an action-adventure RPG developed and published by Nintendo, and it's available now on that crusty-ass Nintendo Switch. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. This is what everybody uh, wants to know and hear about our impressions on this long-awaited Zelda follow-up. Um, I'm going to save my, my words for last because I feel like maybe I might be the curmudgeon here. Um, let's let's start in the high spot, Tim. I know I know you're the pro Nintendo guy here. Let's let's throw some flowers on Zelda. What do you have to What's say? Zelda. <laughs> All right, Joe. How are you feeling about Zelda? <laughs> that's the one with the wizard boy, right? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> 
Luke, you got this game? Anybody? Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's an elf named Zelda. He wears blue. Son um, of a bitch. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Mega Dads Live. All right, Tim, no, come on now. You're yes, playing this it's, game. It's um, I mean, I'm having a good time. I love Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you've heard any through anything from the Nintendo Dads, I it took me five years to play that game. <laughs> so, yeah, because really? I was. Five years. So you just you I just finished, finished it, it, yes, last year. So, but uh, so yeah, it was. It's a spectacular game, and that I wanted to finish it so that I'd be ready for Tears of the Kingdom. And yes, it is more the same, and no, it's not. So all in the same thing. So, but it's uh, I'm having a blast with it. Trying not to be spoilery, but um, but still, you know, just trying to have a good time with it, but also stay focused because you can get lost in that world just like breath of the wild you could yeah. uh, uh right now i'm trying to stay focused on getting some of the story beats the beginning story beats done uh but then i'll go into the exploring mode and trying to open up the map more and stuff how many hours you got in uh probably thing? not as much because life <laughs> getting the way but you know yeah, about 10 yeah, hours yeah. probably um just waiting for to hear or to see the uh, hours come in on the you know, your user side. And then oh, that's right. I'm that's right. Nervous. So, but I think it's around 10 hours, but it's main. It, well, the funny part okay. is, is probably more hours has been spent trying to use the amiibos to collect a bunch of stuff. I haven't done that yet. What? So what's the amiibo function? So it's not, here? I have a, sh- I have a shit ton of Zelda amiibo on my, you collect here. a lot of the same ingredients, you know, for making stuff, which comes in handy, obviously, if you, you know, Oh man, all these amiibo I got and it's gonna give me like eggs. Give you a bunch of eggs. And then uh but you do get oh, a ton of arrows, like the arrows come in handy for sure. And then there's occasional weapons uh you get and then also the fabrics. Uh this the fabrics to help you make your glider. So you can have different designs, uh, custom designs on your glider. And then you'll get occasional uh, outfit type pieces as well. So it's kind of randomized, like you can scan, what was it? You like scan like one per day can, or something? No, you can scan yeah, all of them, but once per day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Joe, how are you feeling about this game? Uh, we, I, I, so I appreciated Breath of the Wild for what it did. I think, you know, back in the day that there is, let me restart that. I think it's the blueprint of what a really good open world is. And without Breath of the Wild, I wouldn't have my favorite game of all time, which is Elden Ring. So I think my hype for Tears of the Kingdom was, I'm excited, it's Zelda. I know I'm gonna at least like it a lot. Um, you know, understanding that it is pretty much the same map, um, that had me a little worried. But the thing that that has me hooked in to Tears of the Kingdom is what you're able to do in that map. Um, I think the extra abilities that you have, I think, what what is it, Tim, around like eight or nine extra abilities, um, including the Amiibo one. Uh, one of those abilities alone is justifiable for a sequel. And the fact that they give you seven others and just go, hey, we we encourage you to break the puzzles. Like we Like, here's a puzzle in front of you. You don't have to be a math level genius to, to solve them. Just solve it the way you want. It's really awesome to see. Uh, so, like Luke's, social... so Luke's class could play this game is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those struggling kids. And um... <laughs> leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, they're not listening. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. That's all right. They're underachieving. So you know, <laughs> seeing people in those shrines just complete them in various different ways is just it's awesome to see. It's the first time uh, for a lo- in a long time for me where I'm like, oh, a puzzle. I can't wait to solve it because yeah. it's not it's not stressing me out. There's not only one way to solve it. Like there's sometimes where I see a puzzle, I'm like, I'm gonna brute force my way into this. I want to see how I can break it. Um, and then just what you're able to craft. I'm awful at crafting. I usually hate crafting in games. But again, I think the, the word that I would use for Tears of the Kingdom is it's flexible. It's, it, is, it is making what you want however you want. And it, it feels like there's never a wrong solution of how to build a structure. Like I saw people like making like battering rams all the way to like, you know, jet bombers, like what you can do in this world is and how to traverse it is just Joe that was you that and I haven't even unlocked all the power that created the the man with the penis wasn't it that was you wasn't it absolutely (laughs) and that's the thing it's the funny the funny thing is like everybody's like let's what's the time to penis on an aircraft and we found Twitter found out um but no it's 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 truly yet again a remarkable game the only downside and I will beat this drum to death is the controls are are god awful. Mm-hmm. They're not good. The combat does not feel great, and it feels like it did not learn any lessons. It kind of feels like a Rockstar game. You know how Rockstar has used the same way to how to you're shoot and sloppy, aim for, and you're just like flailing and yeah. exactly. That's where it gets frustrating to me. Um, but right now, I can see why it's gonna it's gonna win Game of the Year. Why it's it you know. It's going to influence so many amazing developers to go take these creative risks and hopefully publishers as well. Uh, it It is it is damn good. Yeah. yeah. Luke, Luke, are you playing this? No. <clears throat> no. I uh, My Switch hasn't been turned on in a long time. I think I just got really frustrated with Nintendo's kind of online stuff. And I don't want to make the conversation about that, but just the way they were handling some of the stuff I got upset about. Um, and to that effect i've kind of missed out on like metroid which bums me out uh but one of the things is like i had 150 plus hours in breath of the wild Mm -hmm. and i think it's one of the best games ever made and weirdly tears of the kingdom is not calling to me which is strange to me because i really love breath of the wild um but i have a feeling it's gonna be one of those things where at some point in the next two years i'm gonna be like i want to play this yeah and then i'm gonna go in full bore yeah so I'm maybe I'll maybe I'll bring some relatable insight to that because Breath of the Wild um, is slash was my favorite game of all time. I'm, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It was it definitely was at that moment and for years afterwards. And um, the moment that I had with that game has yet to be replicated. However, looking at the the core components and the foundation of that game in 2023. I can see how it doesn't stack up to a lot of what 2023 is offering. So it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a weird thing to gauge, right? Your your experience at the That's moment the versus what the mechanics are. Um, so I was very very excited for this game, and then I saw the preview stuff, and I was just like you, Luke. I was like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. I I. I wasn't vibing with the, the the new mechanics, you know, building stuff and sticking stuff to your weapons. Um, and I started playing the game 
uh, about a, a few days ago, maybe, maybe at the tail end of last week, and it was it was like an uh oh, like I really don't think I'm going to enjoy this game, and and the reason for that is it does that formulaic thing of like here is a continuation of that game that you loved and you spent like a hundred hours maxing out your character. You had the cool armor set. You had all the moves. Your hearts were all over. You had the master sword. And then they just neuter you right out the gate, right? Like they just strip all of that away, which is pretty standard for a game, uh, a sequel like that, where they want you to get your powers back and things. But for a game this large, like as soon as that happened and I started playing the game and I got like two hours in and all I had to show for it was a stick with a leaf on it. I was like, oh my God, this is going to take me like 40 hours to get back to that end feeling, that crescendo of Breath of the Wild where I am such an amazing hero. Uh, and I was really worried. Now I've got about five or six hours into it and I'm in love again. I, I think the the map being the same might be an issue for some folks, but Thankfully, I have Alzheimer's, and so I'm walking around like, I don't remember any of this shit. I'm 42 years old. I don't remember any of this. Oh, there's the horsey stable. I remember that, but I couldn't tell you how to get anywhere in this Big game. Same. I only but, remembered one area. Yeah, so I'm like, I guess that's not going to be an issue because yeah. I can't tell if this has changed or if it's the same. I don't fucking remember where I put my keys, so I certainly can't navigate Hyrule eight years later, right? Um, so that's not an issue for me in the sense of exploration. They've added enough really, uh, like Joe mentioned the powers, but the powers to me, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I just suck at them or if they're just underwhelming me. Like I tried to build some stairs to get up, uh, some castle cause it was raining. My son looked at me after like five minutes of me struggling with the, again, the controls and this just this thing that looked like a wad of spaghetti. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm building stairs. Can't you tell? Um, they got the fuse thing where you like attach things to your weapon. But that's underwhelming me at this stage. It's like it looks like I just super glued a boulder to my shield. And I don't know why that's cool. <laughs> uh, the weapon degradation, the weapon degradation is actually worse uh, in this mm. game because I feel like anything that I do happen to craft that is semi-cool, uh, I don't want to use it. And I, I, I remember a lot of people complained about that in the first game, and that didn't really bother me that much in Breath of the Wild uh, because you could just pick the same thing up everywhere. But I did manage to make this really cool weapon out of... Um, I, was, I was raiding this Bokoblin fortress, and this big spiked steel boulder came rolling down and I was like, oh, I'm going to grab that and fuse it onto my sword. And I did. And it looked cool. And I was like this. And it, and it was super strong and effective. And I went through that fort and I just laid all those motherfuckers out. Like, no problem. And then on the last bad guy, boom, it broke. And I was like, I don't think I'll ever be able to make that weapon again. Maybe I will, but... In it. my in my mind, in the moment, it's gone forever, right? My favorite um, is the shield and the uh, fire breathing thing. I forget what it's called. That's yes. having that combination and just mm -hmm. burning people when you're blocking. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's like a it's like a, a good and a bad. Like you can you can optimize and spec out your stuff, but it ain't gonna last. And that's a 
big. I mean, maybe there's a way later in the game to kind of preserve stuff and save stuff. I don't know. But at six sure. hours in, at six hours in, I'm I'm like, Ugh. like the, it stings a little bit harder, right? Yeah. Um, another thing that people are if I can speak on the weapon yeah. degradation for a second, yeah, yeah, there is a frustration I have with the fusibility, where it in combat it is not as effective as I want it to be. I you know like let's just say like I I my weapon's broken. I just picked up a stick and then I hit the fusibility. And then it, it kind of shows in a short radius where what I can attach to to make it a spear or something. Right. But I don't feel like it's it, it's a wide enough uh, uh, radius, and that when I when I try to like attach it because the controls are so clunky, um, I always just fail to do it or I attach it on my shield instead. So mm. I I feel like with the fusibility, it'd be a little bit better if in combat it grants me a bit of slow mo like. The yes. time ability does. Yep, because that would give me time to to do a quick fuse uh, to my weapon. But under pressure, I'm just. I'm I think they should do that with all of the powers. Because honestly, um, there is so much. There is yeah. so much in this game. Every button has an assignment. Every button has multiple assignments. And like, I find I, I've I've heard everybody say this. I I've, I'm just finger dumb, right? Like I'm throwing my weapons instead of pulling my bow. I'm pulling my bow and looking for like what to attach to my arrows and instead I'm whistling for a horse. <laughs> and like, I think like every time you push a button in this game, it should have like 42 year old man mode where it just slows everything down. It's like, okay, grandpa, here's here are your options. Um, that That's an accessibility thing, option but... for, us, for us old guys. Yes, for old us. man yeah, option. All that being said, I really love this game. I'm really enjoying it despite its limitations. Uh, I am a guy who unabashedly loves Horizon Forbidden West, which you you go from that open world of Burning Shores, which is like the most visually stunning game I have ever played. And then you go here, and it's like, I love the art design here, and I'm not bothered by the frame rate yet. I'm not bothered by the looks of it yet, but it's hard not to compare apples to oranges. Um, Zelda's a, Zelda is not a pretty game it, it, as a static image. When, you, yeah. when you're making a landscape shot, like to me, Zelda's a pretty game in motion. I like yeah. that. That's, if that I like that. That's a good point. Yep. You know, but I love I love the design of it. I love the character look. I love the world look. Um, oh. I love the fact that they put, there seems to be more emphasis on just like straight line storytelling in this one which yes. i really really appreciate as a guy who loves story i can tell that they're really going for it with this one which is exactly what i was worried it wouldn't have from those trailers like they really emphasize just the power stuff but they're they're hitting the gas on story and really cool characters and it's got that zelda charm of just like everybody every npc is just a little bit off kilter right like everybody's just a little weird for no reason and i love that um so i'm really excited to continue this journey but i think i'm going to be playing this game probably till the end of the year That's crazy which yeah it's like straight through to the end of the year like i'm going to be playing i'm this is a ride that i'm going to be on for a long time so i'm, I'm 20 hours in i've only done one temple one dungeon and yeah it, a lot of it seems like they're like okay what's people's 
realistic like complaints with Breath of the Wild, we could address them here. And you hit it on the head, like stri- like linear storytelling. Please give me something that I'm not like I have no idea what happened in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> nothing. But I have a I have an idea what's happening in Tears of the Kingdom. I'm excited to see where it goes. And then when it comes to like the dungeons, from what I've experienced so far, um, they're more like open. Like we're outside. It's not like a closed off dungeon. Right. Um, and it makes it feel a bit more, for lack of better words, like cinematic. Um, it, 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 it feels like these dungeons are an extension of the world. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really digging what I've experienced so far, especially one of the boss battles that I, uh, that I came across. It, it didn't feel like the, you know, the, 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 the quote unquote dungeons in the last game. Right. It was kind of like the same boss over and over on re- repeat. Yep. This time around, I was like, "Oh, this is, this is greatly d- uh, different. This is, yeah, this is this is like the Wind Serpent in like Sekiro level of of interactive. I I really liked it. It's wanted- really. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Luke. Well, I wanted to draw a comparison uh, when we're done with the Zelda conversation to Jedi Survivor because a lot of the conversation and things you guys are saying has parallel points with Jedi Survivor, which I thought was interesting. We're talking about Breath of the Wild. I have yet to play that game, and I really, I really need to get into it. Well, let's go ahead and with that train of thought. I think we're, I think we're tailing off on Zelda here. So sure, um, it was interesting to hear you say one of the things you really disliked about Tears of the Kingdom's opening was how you were nerfed immediately, nerfed, and that is a, a standard uh, trope in a lot of games, particularly Nintendo. When, when I think about Metroid, uh, is a very common thing, part of the formula, right? Um, in some ways the allure, but it can be frustrating if you're fresh off a recent playthrough of another one or you put in 40, 50 hours to grow a character. Some of us, 150 plus in Zelda. But in Jedi Survivor, they do a really good job of not neutering you out the gate. And you feel like a Jedi from moment one, which is really nice because the first game is all about becoming a Jedi. Uh, And so... That was a really cool thing in Jedi Survivor. And what I found is Jedi Survivor is much more of an open game. And it has a lot of the Breath of the Wild formula. Uh, you do go to shrines. Uh, they're, you know, the equivalent of shrines. You have a right. main hub. You're growing a town. Uh, you're interacting with NPCs. Now, there's more to it. And it's not a one-to-one comparison. But what I found was were quite a few Zelda-like approaches uh, in the game which to me were very directly influenced from Breath of the Wild yeah. um, and then took lessons from other titles too. But it was more Breath of the Wild than it was Dark Souls, whereas Fallen Order was more Dark Souls than Breath of the Wild. Um, but it was just neat to, to play through Jedi Survivor and feel a lot of the comparisons as, an, as a jaded but still loving Nintendo fan. I was like, all right, this is cool. I see this uh, in action. And it was just really immersive and it did something similar to what Breath of the Wild did for me. And I'm curious if people that are checking out Tears of the Kingdom first, uh, I'm curious if they're going to have similar thoughts to me or, you know, because it doesn't have the building aspect, the crafting aspect in the same way, maybe not. Um, But, but Adam, I mean, you know, Cal Kestis is a ginger, right? I know that's the best part about that franchise. That game just dropped like right between, you know, you know, when you're like planning out your, game time like okay i'm gonna play this and then i'm gonna play that and then i've got this on the way and it was just like right in between some of the other things that i needed to do so i I have a feeling i'll be catching this game probably in the summer sometime and i'm very excited for it good summer game Uh, oh yeah i will say before we're done with zelda 
last night I had the most amazing moment where um, I approached the stable for the first time and I was talking to the guy and he's like, it looks like you've registered with us before. Breath of the Wild was my son's first video game Um, when he was, I don't know, three years old, right? And one of the things that we would do is I would play it and he would watch and then like he would play around in areas where there were no enemies. He called it Horsey Game. He called it Horsey Game. Hold on. You get one of these. Um, <laughs> and that was his favorite part was the horses. And he would name the horses. So last night, as we were playing together again, like six years later, the stable still has our horses that he named from the last game in it. And yeah, I'm a soppy old dad with emotions and wishy feelings. But I almost cried when my son pulled his horse out from his very first video game and he got on that thing and he was riding it around Hyrule. It's a small thing that most people probably won't care about or maybe even notice, but it meant something to me. And I just, I absolutely got, I got the feels in that moment of watching my almost nine year old son that many years later playing this in the same world again and seeing how much he's grown. Um, There you go, game of the year because of the horse stables. Because of horsey game. game. Because of horsey game. And I mentioned something too, real quick, about the controls you guys were mentioning. I was just curious as to, uh, because I'm not finding as much difficulty with the controls as, say, you guys are. And it may be, is it because you guys play other systems more often than. I think that's definitely um, not a thing. I know that's definitely part of it. Because, listen, I understand Nintendo was first with the ABXY thing. But times have changed. We've evolved. Switch the A and B around, please. <laughs> please, for the love of God. Just, hate, I'm begging you. I, I hate keep, a green show, but he's so right. <laughs> sucks. And like the jump, the, the jump being on for Xbox and PlayStation players, the triangle or the Y uh, yeah. button is infuriating. I know there's a way to switch it. Yeah, you can switch it. B. That's one of the first things I did is I inverted that shit so like fast. Gotta, yeah, I feel like I got to run over to my Switch and do that because, God, that sucks. <laughs> I like that they baked that into the actual game. It isn't even like you have to remap the yeah. – It's that's like just a setting. They're like, hey, do you want to play this the right way? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess so. But can I just say one last thing on the Zelda train? Mm-hmm. I got to say, as much crap as we give the Switch, it has reignited my love for – this little console that's like, good to hear. like to me I, I think when all is said and done the switch will be one of my favorite consoles just ever i it just you, you can't deny the catalog that is and uh it's just yeah such a great time i love i love this little console does it need a part uh, a 2.0 it, yes, absolutely it does yes. absolutely <laughs> all right we're gonna switch gears here we're gonna let luke talk about something he's been playing he's been listening to our nonsense for a while He's been playing this game called Ravenlock. Oh, yeah. Ravenlock is an adventure hack and slash game developed and published by, let's see if I can say this right, Coco Cucumber. Mm-hmm. And it's available on the Xbox. Tell us about Ravenlock. Uh, Xbox and PC. I didn't realize you are going to read my notes, so I apologize. Uh, Xbox and PC, Epic Game Store. Um, Ravenlock is 
a beautiful, charming game that I would recommend to anybody who's looking for like a casual or lighthearted affair. We've had a lot of very intense games uh, in, in the last few months, high profile stuff, Jedi Survivor, Hogwarts. Uh, and this is like wonderful, like cleanse your palate, five to six hour hack and slash game uh, where you play as a, a young girl uh, and you can name your character however you like but you become Ravenlock and you get brought into this world that is heavily inspired by Alice in Wonderland. And essentially you play through a fairy tale. Uh, not quite top-down, not quite side-scrolling. Uh, it is in 3D, but it is an absolutely beautiful fairy tale that you play through. And what's so cool about it is I took the recommendation it came out in a very crowded window, but I took the recommendation from some of the people in our, our Patreon Discord, and they were all telling me to try it out, and they were all correct. And then suddenly I was part of like a 20-person community just chatting about this one small game next to these major heavy hitters that have come out in the last few weeks. Uh, and I didn't want anyone to miss it because it's just beautiful. You play as Ravenlock, you, you're given these very uh, easy-to-accomplish quests that are are fun and simple. The bosses are beautiful. Seth, I'm um, looking at some screenshots right now. Yeah, and the visuals are stunning. Definitely. If if you, at the risk of, of a self plug, I did a little like YouTube short montage of all the bosses on my okay. YouTube channel, and it's just very quick. Nothing like art, artsy that I made, and it just the boss designs are really cool too. Um, and you're just this girl, you're, you become overpowered very quickly, like you, you get strong, you shouldn't be able to fight the way you do, but it doesn't matter because you're playing through a fairy tale, and it's just fun. It's fun and lighthearted, there's no voice acting, so you're reading or you can skip it, um, and it's, you're just solving little puzzles and going through and hacking stuff, but it's beautiful, and it's fun, uh, and yep. I don't want this little title to be missed. It's, um, it... I, I'm obviously I'm only looking at screenshots right now, um, but like it reminds me almost of like a 32-bit era style. Just like the the graphics almost look pre-rendered. I'm not seeing this thing in motion, but it reminds it looks like Final Fantasy with like all the little word bubbles popping up and stuff. It reminds me of the design of like some of those uh, really cool fantasy worlds from the 32-bit era. Looks fantastic. I can see that wholeheartedly if you're looking at screenshots, mm -hmm. and then when you see it in motion, it's like those. It's, it's full like 3D games realized. Uh, not full 3D, no. But okay. well, no, you play in full 3D, but the camera is not full 3D. Like you can't. Got it. It's and hard it's to describe, game. at least in, in. Yeah, very quick. Um, some people were saying three to four hours. It took me five to six. Um, but I went through and I got every achievement in it, uh, which is a very easy thing to do. None of them were. Only one was a rare achievement. Um, so a lot of people are going through and, and enjoying it. Um, it's a. It, it's a game that feels like it should be a nintendo game almost mm. um you're kind of like the champion of the uh the double a aren't you very much so yeah uh i really enjoy a lot of the those games that get lost because they're not indie darling and they're not high profile multi-million dollar marketing campaign i yeah. really like to thrive in that i often say to my community i swim in sevens um <laughs> and it's true uh, hard not to right now is an Xbox show, I guess. Um, but I do swim in seven, <laughs> and uh, it's fun. So Ravenlock is not one to be missed at all. I'm sure this game is going to come to Nintendo at, or PlayStation at some point, but uh, it's on Game Pass. Game Pass, yep, there it is. One. Yep. You should absolutely play it. Um, it's on PC. If you have a PC, it's not going to tax your system. Very much a good time. 
Oh, I just picked it up, cool. Luke. Super Thanks cool. Thanks for the recommendation. Yep. Did you? Made All a right. sale. Look at that. It up. There He's go. working on commission. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward there to trying go. that. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Before we wrap up, I have a game that I want to talk about, which I have a feeling is going to be another one of these, like you're talking about, it's going to be lost in the cracks. Mm -hmm. um, but I am absolutely loving humanity. Yeah. Humanity is a puzzle game developed by THA Limited, published by Enhance, and it's available now on PlayStation and PC. And this is going to be a hard one for me to talk about and explain properly. Um, so Humanity is a game where you control a ethereal dog on a puzzle plane. Think like... Um, Jeez, almost like a Jenga board. There's, mm -hmm. there's like all these geometric shapes uh, filled with traps and roadblocks and obstacles. And you have to navigate a never ending stream of people to an end point on the map. And you do this by issuing commands. So each level gives you a rule set of you can, you can maybe you can jump, uh, maybe you can float. Uh, sometimes on some levels, all you can do is tell the people to turn and they'll start marching. You push the command button on a tile on, on the map, and then you designate which way you want them to turn. And sometimes it's as simple as just making sure they don't fall off a cliff. Uh, sometimes you have to turn them in such a way and then tell them to jump after that command so that they can jump over a chasm. It's very simplistic. like lemmings. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep, they will They will continue to go, and if they fall off the cliff, that's fine. They'll, they'll just regenerate, and they come out of this, this glowing doorway, and they never stop coming uh, until you usher them to the end point. Uh, and in, in that respect, it's a stress-free experience because there's not much penalty for sending them the wrong way. You just reissue a command. But what the game does is it puts on the board several key characters which they call goldies and every map has uh, a certain number of goldies and if they fall off or if they perish on the track to the finish line uh, then you don't achieve that special bonus me as a person with severe um, neurotic tendencies i cannot finish a level without saving all of the goldies so if my goldie falls off a cliff i have to restart uh I will say that it's a simple it's a simple premise that ratchets up and elevates and gets infinitely more complex and tricky as you go. Like any good puzzle game, you know, think Portal. It starts very simple, and then by the end, you're just doing all sorts of weird shit. Um, but what I want to say about this game is that it is exponentially enhanced by being in VR. The feeling of looking down and in and around in real time and real space on these little people that you're either saving or sending to their death gives so much more of a sense of presence. It doesn't enhance the gameplay, but the feeling of the difference between I'm doing this on a screen and this is happening right here in front of me is night and day. And uh, this game you, you you have to activate the VR mode. So like when I first started playing it with my VR headset on, I was like, this is, this is just like a, I, I'm just looking at the game. Like there's nothing here. So I played the first few rounds of it, like in standard flat mode. And then I went back to the menu. I'm like, this cannot be right. And I saw that you have to activate VR. And once I did that and I, and it popped and I was in the world, 
it was like such a holy shit this game just changed uh i love humanity it is it's it's such a nice uh change of pace for a guy like me who plays primarily adventure action games and to really be into it it's not like this is different and it's okay but like this is different and it's so good uh i i just i love this game i adore it joe are you playing humanity it's on psvr 2 i wish i i know i i will be soon okay but zelda just has its hook so thoroughly in me who that i don't i don't see me playing another game unfortunately but i will say humanity is next on the list the only problem is everything else diablo yeah everything Final else Fantasy. and that's why like it's leading into this game i'm like i i guarantee there's gonna be so many people who just this just blows right by yeah. uh, i will say as you get goldies you get special unlockables and all of my little people have 70s era attire on right now nice. and uh that's cool you can also put hats on them you can every game that lets you put hats on people is good uh Ravenlock. luke luke you have some connection here right yeah i got to uh to, uh, my friend Chris Johnson uh, is one of the people that worked on this game. Uh, same people that made Tetris Effect. Uh, and yeah, I got to test the game like when they were making That's it. Cool. I got to be part of that, which was really fun and really neat. Um, I can't talk about what's different, but it was really cool to see that game come out because when we were testing it, it was COVID times, right? Uh -huh. um, and it was it was neat to learn that process. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see this come out and get all these acclaim. It's really cool. It's it's so cool. I will say first, well, everybody will have their own opinion, but one of the things that greatly improved this game for me was turning off the music. And that's not to say that the music is bad, but it loops and it loops and it loops from level to level. So like if you are in a world and each world has like, I believe like 10 mini levels in between it, and from level to level, the music doesn't change within the world. So I found myself just like, I'm trying to focus uh, on the puzzling aspect of it. And the music is very new wave. Um, hmm. And it's like a lot of people like. And, and that on loop while I'm trying to save all of these hundreds of people. I, I one of the greatest things I did was turn off the music. And that, that's going to that's going to. It sounds like a knock, and I guess it is because it kind of drove me nuts. But put on some like, put on something that makes you feel chill and and relaxed as you're doing this, and can help you focus. Uh, to me, the soundtrack was not working. But again, uh, you can put hats on the people, and you play as a dog. Uh, who it's like a ghost dog. Game of the year. It is. It, I I love it. It's a it's part of PlayStation Plus, um, medium and large. Uh, the PlayStation Plus names are so stupid. I don't even know what they are and what they mean, but it's PlayStation Medium and no, Large. No, it does, but it's provocative. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you have PSVR 2, or even if you don't, you just want to play it in standard mode, but if especially if you have PSVR 2, please give humanity a try. Just try it. Just try it. Don't let it pass you by. All right. That is going to do it for the games we're playing right now. We're going to take a quick break in case Luke needs to go poop. Um... And we will be right back to talk about our summer game bang predictions.
The place to be for Megadad socials is the Megadads Discord, where you can engage with your favorite Megadads, as well as other friends of the Megadads every single day in our stress-free and welcoming social space. When you're a member of our Discord, you will get alerts for all of our content drops, so you never have to miss a review, a podcast, or a hot take. Partake in our fun weekly Megadads holidays like Waluigi Wednesday and Final Fantasy Sunday and become an active participant to make it on JB's Discord leaderboard. Megadad's Discord is fun, free, and follows you wherever you go. Join us today and become part of the conversation. <laughs> Welcome back to Megadad's Live, and a big thank you to our Megadad's Plus members for helping us keep the tiki torches lit here at the Beach House. Everything we do here at Megadad's is made possible because of the support, because of, the support of folks like you. If you want to become a member of Megadads Plus, all you need is $1 and an internet connection. Head over to patreon.com slash Megadads to sign up right now. Now it is time uh, for the last, this is our third year. This is our summer game bang. We've decided that since Jeff Keeley can put his brand on any announcement that anybody makes at any time, then so can we. So anything that happens from now until PAX West is part of Summer Game Bang. And with the showcases coming up, we are going to do some predictions right here, which is why I brought on a Nintendo guy, an Xbox guy, and a PlayStation guy, because as I mentioned previously, I don't even know where I put my keys. So I certainly have no insight or or uh, information about what any of these guys are going to do, but we're going to try, and here's how we're going to do it. Each person on the panel will bring up to three predictions across four different categories. What's Nintendo going to do? What's PlayStation going to do? Xbox, and then a wild card, which is anything that could fall outside the bounds of those big three. Um, maybe you have, maybe you have a prediction about uh, what's his Joseph Joseph Ferris. Maybe he's going to come on and do some swears on the summer game thing. He'll come. He'll probably come out and do some swears about okay. the Oscars or something. Maybe that's your prediction. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to start with Nintendo. Now, the thing about Nintendo is they are not a part of any of the summer showcases. They're waiting until the tail end. PAX West, they'll have their big Nintendo Live event, which a lot of people think is kind of signaling the the changing of the guard from the Switch to whatever comes next. Um, Tim, I want to hear what your prediction is for what Nintendo is going to do. So... During Summer Game Bang, by the way, branded TM, reg yes. register mark. All right, so hopefully I can stay on par with you guys. Uh, you guys are smarter than me, so I'll try to, you know, sound smart here while I'm giving my predictions. Or sound crazy, whatever you guys think it is. Just, just throw so, some dick jokes yeah, in there, yikes. you'll fit right in. <laughs> uh, we are going to see more in regards to Metroid Prime, I believe. I think we're hitting that time. I predicted in Nintendo Dad show that after Tears of the Kingdom drops, we were going to get some news on Metroid Prime 4. So, yep. um, but... God, uh, Yes. So, <laughs> we'll see. I think I think it's just going to be like a teaser, maybe even a trailer by the end of the year. Wouldn't that be great if they just flashed the logo? <laughs> Don't forget, we're still People working on this. People would lose their shit maybe, maybe a new fancier <laughs> logo maybe it's actually just the look yeah they just yeah. changed the font <laughs> you know here's the cover <laughs> here's what the cover logo is going to look like um 
So, but I also think that we're going to get more on possibly a Metroid Prime 2 remaster um, to still build up the hype as we get closer to Metroid Prime 4. Now, I know there's a lot of, of speculation as, you know, how are they going to drop 2 and 3 as for Prime like they did the remaster for the first one? You know, is there going to be, are they going to do it? together and not be a remaster is it just going to be a port maybe this is more wishful thinking but i'm hoping it's still going to be a remaster they're going to step them through you know each version prime 2 will be a remaster of it on itself on its own and 3 will be a remaster on its own and then that will lead towards 4 uh that release and that in itself is also a prediction right trying to figure out when that's going to get released whether it's going to be released around the same time as two, the Switch 2 will be coming out and then you'll have like a Breath of the Wild type thing with the, you know, versions on the Wii U and the Switch. Uh, but it'll be, Prime 4 will be on Switch and Switch 2 or versions of that. But uh, I think this is the latter half of the year and what Nintendo's going to be talking about is a lot of the Metroid Prime stuff. I, I agree with him. I think they're going to drop Metroid Prime 2 though at the summer yeah, shadow case they'll yeah. have another one yeah, yeah it'll like be a shadow drop and they'll do the same thing with three yep i think they'll do the same thing with three uh when they're ready kind of thing to build towards four i uh, fully agree with with uh tim on that one does that kind of does that kind of communicate that four is a lot further off than hope i mean if they is- if they shadow drop two at in september you got to think three is when did the when did the first when did remaster one come out uh february uh, february yeah. so you got like another six months or so yeah so maybe like the the end of 2024 would be prime four yes. well i mean I, I i mean i have a prediction on that so I can't, do it no let's hear it, it joe no. metroid prime four is coming out this year think so well you're not alone uh, in that you're not that's alone what i'm in thinking that, so metroid prime four is definitely coming out this year it's been in development for what over like four or five years at this point so was redfall right exactly so was <laughs> oh, redfall shit. and that's work and that hey listen that's that's work for microsoft <laughs> <laughs> some people love that game some people love it luke um <laughs> but no i i think metroid prime fork comes out this year i think it gets announced sometime in september for more to be shown uh during the nintendo live event um, I think this is a. I think this is a, a fall game. I think this is the swan song for the Nintendo Switch, and that's where I think you know my second prediction, and it kind of leads into to three. I, I did combo predictions. Um, is that we're going to see the successor to the Nintendo Switch? Um, Nintendo hardcore fans, like the ones that have been with the system since, or been with the company since, you know, the SNES days may be a little upset because I think this is just a more powerful Nintendo Switch. It's going to focus on being backwards compatible with the Nintendo Switch. It is going to be something that is um, relatively safe for them because I think Nintendo now knows what their what what they are now. And it is a mobile slash hybrid uh, device. So that's what I'm thinking on that front. And it's I think the launch game that we're going to get announced at um, the, the the Nintendo Live event is the next Mario game. 
Wait, that's going to be their launch title. So the launch title for the new Switch is not Metroid 4. No, Metroid 4 is the swan song to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, you don't think it's going to do like a Twilight Princess or Breath of the Wild? No, I, I think I think they'll definitely be like remasters of these games uh, with some type of upgrade fee. I think they're going to definitely PlayStation up it, it a little bit. Similar to what they did with the Wii U. They took that catalog. They just moved it over to the Switch. Right. Uh, in, in many cases. So like I, cross, I definitely cross gen in a way. Yeah. Like you're going to see like I think this Nintendo Switch go look at we can not to say like we, we put new assets in like Tears of the Kingdom, but like the draw distance is improved. You know, the frame rates may be improved a bit like it runs a bit more stable. All that type of stuff uh, will be for the Switch, you know, 2.0. And I think, again, the, the, the swan song for the Switch is is Metroid because that thing's been cooking for a minute now. Anyone have a prediction on, like, will I get to keep my digital library? Because that's what keeps me from investing in Nintendo lately. Mm. Yes. Yes. I, I will get to this time. I, yes. I, I, I think so, because, and I think Joe's right, uh, that the new Switch is not as new as a lot of people will want it to be. Yeah. If, if I get to keep the games I've purchased, then that doesn't matter to me. But the problem with me, or, or, or I think for gamers like me, which are clearly the minority because Switch does so well, right? Yeah. But it's that I buy something and I have to rebuy it again and rebuy it again and again. And I'm past that point because my chosen ecosystem and, and Joe's to a, a, I would say, a very similar extent doesn't do that. You buy it, it's yours. Um, they, our, Xbox and PlayStation accomplished it differently. Um, but in large part, you buy a game, you're going to be able to play it on your next one. So from my understanding, one of the, one of the investor calls from Nintendo, they've, they've kind of focused on how digital is important to them. So I would, I would assume like, I, I wouldn't, I would assume that they're, they understand how backwards compatibility is so important to them and that carryover is important to them that they would definitely keep that, that digital that digital storefront i think a lot of companies probably learned uh the last generation that hey these separate storefronts kind of dumb we should just kind of we should just unify it because that that's what keeps people in the ecosystem i don't think anybody wants what like phil spencer said a few weeks back nobody wants that clean slate anymore right he's right yeah he's right he was absolutely right when he said that he got a lot of flack for parts of that but the digital library plays such a big factor in the modern consumer, not just in games, but in general. Joe, you've time and again told me how you are committed to Apple because you've purchased everything through iTunes. And even using, you know, less uh, diverse hardware, like Android has more options in a couple in a bunch of ways. It's not an enough of an incentive for you to, to leave that library behind. And I think that's absolutely true. It's also why when you buy an Xbox, uh, Game Pass gives you so much into your library immediately. It's why when you buy a PlayStation, the yep. PlayStation Plus tiers give you so many games immediately. They don't want you coming in with Yeah, nothing. that's why I, I have a hard that time is... getting giving up the PlayStation Plus type thing because of all those games over the years that I've picked up and put in my library. Yeah, it's a good point. Did I hear Mrs. Doubtfire in the backfire? In the background <laughs> yeah. That was something. Yes, you did. That's correct. <laughs> that was amazing. Well, that's a good segue. Uh, Luke, do you have a Nintendo prediction at all? Probably not. 
I, well, I think I kind of ju- I, I jumped in. Back. I think they're going to bring Metroid Prime in stages. Um, and Metroid Prime 4, to me, is a, a blended one. I do hope we see the new Switch. Um, I don't know that we see it now. I bet you see that at Game Awards. Don't tell Mrs. Doubtfire to be quiet. I want more. <laughs> um, but I think you see the new Keep Switch at Game Keep Awards. Keep it coming. Not at Summer Game Fest. I think, I think Luke's are ass. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, Game Awards is where you see the new Switch, not not Game Fest. I okay. So my prediction for Nintendo is that we will see the 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 new Switch, uh, and it'll be targeted for a spring 2024 release. The hardware is going to be minimally different from the current iteration. My my money and my hope is that we get a little more uh, ergonomics on the back end. I want a little bit more junk in the yeah, trunk so that I can God. hold that thing without getting cramps. Um, so spec highlights will be finally some 4K uh, ability. There will be no OLED to keep the cost down because they're going to want to aim for, you know, a, a low price point and um, longer battery life. And my my final cap on this is that there will be no launch titles announced when they debut this thing. It's going to be just like the Switch announcement. Where you got like a video montage of a bunch sure. of games that will be on it, but they're not going to say, "Hey, this is this is Breath of the Wild, this is Mario Odyssey." It's just like here's some looks at some things that you may or may not play. Maybe it's concept, maybe it's a game. Wink, we don't know. Uh, so it'll be another kind of like zinger reel, and then it'll be aimed for next spring. I think is probably when this thing drops. I, I think 4K is being very bullish because i i don't think you get i i think it's like oh this is a safe like 1080p you're still getting like it's i think the upgrade you're right is minimal uh but i think it's it's more to keep in line with what software is is able to push out more than hey let's get the resolution up i don't think nintendo gives a flying flip about anything in 4K. right if yeah. this if this thing if this thing can't do 4K, I am going to be a salty motherfucker. I'll tell you right now, you're going to hear me on this podcast, and I am going to be. There's probably going limited. to be something. I'm guessing more in the dock that will allow you to do something 4K, like 1440p maybe. Which is fine because it's maybe. okay. Yeah, I I am the guy that never takes my switch out of the dock ever. Like I don't oh, really? play that way. Yeah, I am all on the I'm TV 50, 50. all the time. It'll be like faux 4K. Yeah. It won't be real. Kind of like a was was it the PlayStation 4 Pro? They like the checkerboard thing, it, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, and I gotta that's tell you fine. right now, that's fine. That's fine. Like I was say, like, fine. Most people are not pixel counting. Like that's for digital foundry and enthusiasts. Most people don't care. Yeah. Um, I get so exhausted in. The problem with being an Xbox PlayStation person is that you consistently say which version's better, and Digital Foundry's checking frames. It's, yeah. If it's one, two, four, I don't care. Like that doesn't bother me. Um, and so, if the Switch can accomplish something uh, uh, that allows game developers to kind of create for the big three, not the big two, um, and you're not getting like such nerfed versions, then I think that's fine. I just I want to be back to a point where I can play whatever I'm playing and not get that, I don't want to say shock factor, but when I go to the Switch, there is that undeniable, just like, I wish, and then whatever, you know? Like, every time I turn on my Switch, it's like, I wish it was a little faster. I wish it was a little prettier. I wish it was a little smoother. I I just really want them, 
And I know I'm the I'm the outlier. I'm the guy who will pay big bucks to get a high end Nintendo console, and that's not where they're at. I get it, but I just don't want to feel. No, that I think stink. I think you're right too because I think there should be choices. I think consumers Nintendo should give their consumers choices. Let me be able to choose a Nintendo Switch for my kids. Let me be able to choose a Nintendo Switch for me as somebody who would pay extra for the extra capabilities you know give me choices not just give me what they give now you know so i feel you on that one all right let's move on to our playstation predictions uh we'll start with tim once again tim what do you got all right so i have a couple things that i'm I think I'm looking forward to more hoping for than <laughs> might be for predictions. Uh, mm. But Stellar Blade is a beautiful looking game when seeing that uh, introduced. It's an she action sure adventure is. game. Yes. <laughs> hack and slash game. It's a hack and slash game. And like, yeah. like the game that uh, Luke was mentioning earlier is a hack and slash game. You had me sold on that when you said it was hack and slash Ravenlock. So this one's also hack and slash. So I'm like, it's a beautiful looking hack and slash game. And so I'm looking forward to that. And there's some things uh, about the story and how it looks that seems different to me. Uh, almost, but you know, it has a little bit of a Bayonetta feel to me as well, but uh, mm -hmm. it still seems there's something different about it. I don't know. I can't pinpoint it, but I want, I'm looking forward to learning more about this. And uh, I'm hoping I'm going to say I'm predicting we'll learn more about this at the, at PlayStation's event. And then uh, my second one was there There are rumors around a new Castlevania game coming potentially for the PlayStation. So I I love me a good Castlevania game. So I hope that rumor is true. And I would love to see that dropped in, in PlayStation fashion. The Konami coziness, yes. huh? So th those are my two. I had two predictions because I missed the update to three predictions. <laughs> Joe, oh boy. Joe, no, that's fine. Joe, what do you what do you think about that whole Konami thing? Do you oh, think there's think, anything to it? I think it plays into a lot of my predictions. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Same. Uh, so, okay, uh, yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. Konami's definitely uh, licensing out, if not partnering with PlayStation um, on several of their big games, and I think. Let's start with the first one. Metal Gear Solid, I think, is going to be a timed exclusive. Um, or actually, let's start with Bluepoint. What is Bluepoint working on? I don't think it's the Metal Gear thing. Um, I think Metal Gear is a partnership, uh, uh, more of a marketing deal between PlayStation and Konami. I think that another studio is working on that. Um, and then it comes to the Castlevania uh, remake rumors, whatever it, it is. I think that's what Bluepoint's game is. Uh, when Bluepoint was talking about an uh, original content, I believe was was one that was was their verbiage that they were using. They didn't talk about. They were saying original content for an existing IP. So a lot of people are just like Bloodborne Two. Is this is this where we get it? No, I think that Bluepoint is making an original Castlevania game. Uh, you know, you're not going to get a Lords of the Shadow. You're not going to get a Symphony of the Night type of deal. You're getting something wholly different. And I think if there's anybody that knows how to bend genres, tackle different genres and build things from the ground up to make it feel like, you know, what you played back 10 plus years ago, it's Bluepoint. So I think that's the thing that Bluepoint 
is working on is that Castlevania thing. I think we're going to see a trailer. I think we're going to see a next year release date for it. Um, and I think that's going to disappoint a lot of people like me who want that Bloodborne 2 or that Bloodborne remake until we see the From Software logo. And the From Software logo is going to reveal the Elden Ring DLC. I think that is going to, you know, the partnership that From Software and... Um, I think Wasn't Elden Ring marketed with Xbox? Wasn't it, there a partnership it, there? It, it was sort of, and then not really. So oh, really? it's it, it was shown off first at Xbox, and then Jeff Keighley kind of took the reins. But I'm thinking with the, the partnership that PlayStation and From have, have now, with, you know, PlayStation pouring money investment into From, I think that keeps Elden Ring there. And then we're going to see the From Software logo hit one more time. I think there is definitely a smaller team at From Software doing what we've all wanted them to do for a very long time. Bloodborne means not just a lot to the Soulsborne community. It also means a, a lot to From Software themselves. And I don't think they wanted anybody to touch it but them. Does so it? I think. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I thought that was a you thing. Mm-mm. Okay. It's big. I'm telling you, it's it okay. means a lot. So I think From Software is going to be handling it or at least advising it in some way. A Bloodborne, I would say more like remaster. So that's all my remaster remakes and all the things that lead to Bloodborne content. <laughs> We're gonna get more Bloodborne. <laughs> are you are you do you really think so? Like you yeah. feel that? I I I, I feel so because I, I felt it like last year not, and we were way we were way off. We thought if we don't see year. it this year, I think we see it next year. And if we don't see it next year, then we could we could give up. But I, I think the partnership with From Software and, and PlayStation again and From's parent company leads me to believe that they're gonna be making a lot of From Software like content, whether that's like an Elden Ring show or whatever. I think you're you're gonna see that partnership with PlayStation kind of solidify they're not here making playstation exclusives other than bloodborne but partnerships hands are shaking you know mm-hmm. so there we go those those all of my predictions rolled into one how'd you like that that was, that was a that was a feast that was a yummy thank feast you. Was, thank you luke what do you think uh i think smoke with fire as far as konami is concerned which bums me out by the way as an xbox gamer um i really love metal gear solid and it is confusing I think for consumers, Metal Gear Solid is confusing, not just in narrative, but in like, where can you play it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah. first Metal Gear Solid was on PlayStation one masterpiece of a game. Twin snakes only on GameCube. Uh, Metal Gear Solid two was on everything. Xbox, PlayStation, yet subsistence in there, the Metal Gear Solid three, but then Metal Gear Solid four was PlayStation exclusive. The Metal Gear Solid five is on Xbox and PlayStation. You know, yeah. I, I think that's very frustrating. Um, so I do think you're going to see PlayStation console, uh, console launch exclusive for metal gear, solid, uh, re- remaster re- remake. remake. What do you Maybe want? Let, let, what, what do, do you want to, do you want to remaster or do you want a new game? I, yeah, I want them both. Uh, metal gear solid. <laughs> what I want, what I want is metal gear solids legacy to be playable in as many places as possible. Now. So if that means remasters and re-releases for those, fine, fine, make that happen uh, because it, it, those games are special to the gaming industry. They are 
like Metal Gear Solid 1 did something special for the gaming industry. Metal Gear Solid 2 did as well um, and propelled storytelling in gaming. Uh, and so I want them playable in as many places as yeah, possible. I heard rumors too as far as that they were remake, trying to bring like the originals over to the Switch even. So for a long time. They, and then the, then they kind of dropped it. And off, they should. So. Yeah. It's, it, it really is a shame um, that they're lost to time. So I want them available for everybody. As far as remake, yo, rock on. We've seen so many great remakes in the last few Dead Space Uh Everything from Capcom has been top-notch lately. Uh, but but we've seen some just incredible love poured into remakes in the last two, three years that I really hope that lesson is learned because with Konami, you're just not sure. But yeah. if they're going to show it at a PlayStation conference, there is an expectation of quality. So I will play it wherever, uh, But I and I expect we, uh, we do see that Konami uh, connection uh, played out there at the PlayStation showcase for sure. Um, and then you you have some things you can take to the bank. You're going to see some Square Enix love uh, for sure. Uh, I think you're going to see some some EA love in there. Um, and Joe did some really good predictions on Trophy Room. Um, God, I hate saying that. Uh, yeah, this right. this past week, he did do some good predictions there. But really, I want Konami to to show Metal Gear Solid, and I don't want it to be console exclusive. I don't That's why want I, it to be console exclusive. I think it's going to be timed. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of like especially when I think of like Square Enix and uh Konami, I, I definitely think they signed those deals because they they lack the development forces to put yep. behind those titles. So, you know, by signing those deals you get some engineers over from probably like, you know, the Malaysian studio to kinda help them out. So yeah. that's why I'm coming. Yeah. So maybe that's a bit too vague is that too vague for your predictions? Adam? No, you you give me what you got. That is totally fine. Uh, my prediction is is a big want. I don't know how realistic it is, but my prediction is we are going to see Astrobot Rescue Mission Definitive Edition. It's not going to be a full-on sequel um, because obviously they, they launched PS5 with Astro's Playroom, but I think there's going to be a, a port of that original game with new stuff. It's going to have upgraded visuals obviously dual sense features it's not going to use the sense controllers it'll use the dual sense so that you can still you know, launch astro from the touchpad and they don't have to rewrite how the controls work in that game necessarily because it'll still be operating with a you know with a dual sense family controller uh and then some additional levels uh, they've already said that they are going to have some psvr2 stuff there i think this is the game that everybody was shouting why the hell do we not have astro launch psvr2 um so i am i'm putting my cards and my chips on an astrobot rescue mission uh definitive edition kind of package that just has more stuff from that knockout vr game it's still my favorite vr game of all time uh so i'm really it's, i'm really it's hoping a fantastic platformer i really hope psvr2 gets the w that it needs because i don't think this great tech that is expensive as we go into a recession uh, should be wasted. I thought PSVR 1 was a waste by comparison. Um, PSVR 2, they've just done so much and they've got good games out there. And I hope, desperately hope, that Half-Life Alex makes its way to PSVR 2. I want PSVR 2 to sell super well. Yeah. I don't think it's going to in the end. They certainly had to cut projections and whatnot, and there's a lot of reasons for it. But I really hope that that console is successful because it propels the gaming industry forward. Uh, 
good hardware does this, but I think right now adopters are instead focusing on Steam Deck, Rogue Ally, Switch 2. I think that's where the, the hardware interest is, and I think PSVR 2 and other you know, Oculus and whatnot are just not going to land for people just yet, yeah. and that's kind of a bummer. It's already a tough sell, but it's got an uphill battle as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Team Green. Anybody need to change the colors on their LEDs in the background? Luke, you gotta <laughs> gotta do some switchiness. I got uh, a remote, but it, I look better if it's blue in the background. The camera does something. It's true. When it's no, green. no, no. It's just your eyes, Luke. It's just your eyes. God knows my eyes. You're help you're, you're in the daylight. Mm. You know, we Stunning. see the coffin in the back. You're not fooling <laughs> anybody. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Luke, Luke, why don't you start us here? Let's sure tell tell us what you think Xbox is going to deliver during their showcase. Sure. So what's at um, stake here, by the way, why don't you start like, what do you, well, how big do you think this is for them right now? So it's a weird time for Xbox because perception is not quite reality when it comes to Xbox. They've put out one bad game, uh, which was Redfall. And because, because of the perception of, of what Xbox has been touting and that the amount of acquisitions and all the attention from the ABK deal, the expectation is higher, but the reality is they put out one bad game. Uh, in the last few years and that's it that they've had one bad game and yet the perception is so different because the promise on Halo Infinite is 10 year plan was not delivered uh, they had to delay that from launch uh, but when you look at kind of what's happened for Xbox in the last few years you've got a really good launch for Halo Infinite and a good game in Halo Infinite that lacks the legacy content it missed the mark on its legacy content bummer didn't didn't bring Halo back to the forefront Forza Horizon 5, great launch, uh, great game. You, you got a lot to be proud of in that. And then you look at kind of the last, what, 12 months, fl- uh, 12, 13 months, you've got Horizon 5, Flight Sim, Halo Infinite, Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Age of Empires, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, Minecraft Legends, and then Redfall. And Redfall is the one that gave it the black eye. Redfall is also the, their first $70 game, which is awful timing, <laughs> uh, all things considered. Then they're having hardware shortages. Game Pass has kind of stuttered a bit because Game Pass was riding high. You had things like Wo Long, Atomic Heart uh, doing really well. And all the attention is now into Redfall. So a lot is at stake in terms of mindshare here uh, because so many energies have been focused on ABK and what $70 games meant and the failed legacy of Halo Infinite as we find out about all the transitions there, which is kind of a bummer given that they've had a lot of successes, but nobody's really talking about them. So a lot is at stake, and I think proof is very much in the pudding, and Phil Spencer did a good job acknowledging this. He's like, nobody should believe this till you're playing the games, and he's absolutely right. I'm a dedicated Xbox gamer. That's where my ecosystem is, and I'm quite happy with a lot of what they've given me, but when I watch this PlayStation Showcase, I'm excited to see high-quality stuff. I don't know that I get to quite say that with Xbox. Their highest-quality uh products have been very niche you have an incredibly colorful beautiful uh rhythm platformer and hi-fi rush niche title pentiment unmatched in its writing uh but it's very niche age of empires uh two incredible game very niche uh flight sim incredible very niche you don't have those big major players that are dropping out there god of war level ghost of tsushima level that's a very interesting take yeah you're so and- right it's you you cannot argue the quality of some of xbox's stuff but it's not targeted to the masses and that's the the kicker there right like those are smaller experiences so uh a lot is riding on this showcase to say hey like you know we missed it on our big pillar title 
Starfield is the one, but Starfield's a separate showcase. Um, and so I got my handwritten notes here. Oh, here we go. Take um, us to school. I think you're going to see Stalker 2 make its return to the forefront and mindshare. I, uh, for a lot of reasons, Xbox took hits. Uh, they weren't their fault. You had, what was it? A high on life came to Game Pass. That was supposed to be a big hit. Justin Roiland's touching kids. All right. Can't market that anymore. Um, they had another one where they, it, it wasn't their fault and they had to, to stop marketing it. Oh, Atomic Heart was supposed to be this big day one. Oh, Russia's, Russia's studio. It's funded by Russian government. There's a lot really in there. It's a really interesting story. Can't really talk about that one anymore. So I think Stalker 2 makes its return as a console exclusive. Uh, and people are really excited about it. I think we see that one come back and highly showcased in this event. Uh, and then it's a matter of what do you got coming soon? Because we know a lot about what Xbox has coming. If I run down this list, it's all stuff you know. Contraband, Stalker 2, Avowed, Hellblade 2, State of Decay 3, Outer Worlds 2, Fable, uh, Everwild. You know about all of those, right? Then you've got uh, Indiana Jones kind of in there whatever that means i think maybe i already said that one um we id's next project could make a return and see what's up uh you could see what the compulsion team has been working on you've got rumors of the zenimax star wars game that could make its return there uh in exiles making a first person shooter steampunk style game will we see that one in short i think you see proof in the pudding uh at least, and the, the goal is proof in the pudding. You see Stalker 2 here, you see Avowed uh, on display, you see Fable on display, and you see State of Decay 3 on display uh, at their next level. Um, and I think at the end of the showcase, you're still left wondering, should I buy an Xbox? You know, I... I, I find it so interesting because I feel like they're in a, they're in a situation where they have to show what they've already announced right like because they're in a like you said they're in a point where like don't keep promising me stuff down the road like what are we going to play but in doing so does that lose a little bit of the oh i didn't know that was gonna happen you know what i mean like yeah well this was all supposed to be out by now like their their development problems are the like stalker 2 is supposed to be out already right uh avowed and state of decay were supposed to have better timelines for production so was fable which was rumored in 2018 started in 2018 showcased in 2020 like xbox took a lot of hits in is that really 2020 mm-hmm. my god time means nothing anymore does time it means nothing i just blink and it's all yeah wow mm-hmm. okay so it's it's a, a frustrating place to be xbox did a great job with game pass in 2022 2022 game pass delivered the problem is they didn't have any pillar Triple uh, A exclusives in 2022, so people for, kind of forget. But Game Pass people, people ate pretty in 2022, and it launched well in 2023 with Hi-Fi Rush, Age of Empires, Woe Long came to Game Pass. Last case of Benedict Fox came uh, Valheim, which is one that none of us here would play, but Valheim is huge. Uh, we had those devs on XCP. That console launched it really well for them. Xbox has got a lot of wins, but none of them are in the Triple A big buy your console category. And so that's kind of the kicker here. We know so much about their future. What we need are proof in the pudding titles. So what I'm hoping we see is console uh, launches for this holiday. I think you need one game other than Starfield that uh, you're going to get Forza Motorsport for sure. But you need one game other than Starfield kind of in this this category. Do you think it's a Hellblade? I think Hellblade is your best candidate. 
Um, and maybe like, you know, if Hellblade is early Q1, like January, February Q1, I think that's still a win. Yeah. Right? I think that's still a win. Uh, but how great would it have been if Redfall had been an early access launch and then it full launches in October? God, it would have been good. Um, they could have really helped Xbox this year. So I, 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 maybe I'm babbling right now, Adam, but it's so Usually weird. Thanks, thanks, bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, lukewarm on this show is how I feel. Truly lukewarm. Yeah. And I really hope that I'm blown out of the water. But it's hard to get enamored despite the fact that a lot of these titles I really want to play. You kidding me? A fully funded State of Decay 3? Anyone's gone to State of Decay 2? That game's really fun. But like, it's, it was it was tub, it was double A, so I ooh, I'm lukewarm on everything Xbox right now, despite my love. I know we're gonna get see, okay, so I can tell you what I know. We know we're gonna get Halo Season Four stuff, um, but does that move the needle for anybody other than people already playing it? Nope. Not at all. You have to show the Halo Battle Royale project to Tonka. Yep. Are you? Are you? Yeah, you better to. show us something that works. Which Luke, let me ask you this. <laughs> Dollars. Let me ask you this. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, go ahead. Do you yeah. think that Xbox can get sell more consoles if they appeal more to the Nintendo fans? So, no. Hear me out real quick, though. It's... Oh, no, oh, no. Sorry. Hear me out real sorry, quick. I thought you were like hypothetical. You're telling me. No, I understand. No, I thought he was asking me hypothetical. Fans, sorry. meaning that you got a lot of Nintendo gamers out there who are starting to realize like those new, those people who are coming back to playing video games, right? Mm-hmm. That Nintendo isn't going to give them everything they can play on a Nintendo console. So can they go mm-hmm. for uh, a Nintendo gamer saying, Hey, come play these games. You can't play in the Nintendo console over here on Xbox. Or even, you know, in cases for PlayStation 2 as well, but uh, uh, more so on the Xbox side because of the relationship that Nintendo and Xbox seems to have. When I look at your background, I see magic. (laughs) Everything's, there's something special, right? Like you look at those Zelda boxes, you look at those Amiibo, there's something, there's like an intangible magical quality in that. And Xbox doesn't capture that. They had a chance to. They had the chance to, to... green light banjo kazooie how many years ago they had the chance to green light uh or make super lucky's tale a spotlight title they had the chance to green light mascot platformers um and that's what that's the only reason i care about the abk deal is i want toys for bob to free up a little bit for some spyro and some crash love right um so i don't think that's microsoft's game microsoft's game to me is a quantity over quality they give you a lot of good games like can't tell me minecraft legends is a, is a bad game high fire rush bad game ghostwire bad game like they give you a lot of games but none of them have hit that top tier quality and i think their strategy is to make their service available everywhere not move consoles um and maybe that's to their detriment or maybe that wasn't going to be their strategy maybe that wasn't their intended strategy maybe they thought redfall before before the last two years maybe they thought when they bought bethesda redfall and starfield would be the system sellers um and maybe avowed is the system seller tim but i don't think they're in line or position to capture a nintendo gamer because to me right now right now a nintendo gamer is captured by playstation when they grow up because you move from zelda to god of war to ghost of tsushima you buy into spider-man the lack of a superhero 
exclusive for for Xbox is massive. Yeah. Massive. I think they'll fill that, that void in the showcase. I hope so. But it's not going to be Game Pass. And that's what it, it moves with my issue with uh, Xbox at this point in time. At first, I, I, you know, I'm a PlayStation guy. But if you, you know, listen or watch the trophy room, you know that, like, I go to bat for Phil and Team Xbox a lot on the show mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of PlayStation, you know, shows recently have been just like Xbox sucks and they're never, you know, they're, so they're going to go out right? of business. Yeah. How often do we play together? In, but, in but, they are, but they are going to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but like, it's really hard because like for me, my history is <laughs> I'm pretty agnostic when I'm, when I'm playing games. Like I cover PlayStation. It is, it is my, my, my main place of play. And yeah, I definitely hold bias towards PlayStation stuff, but like growing up, I was a Nintendo kid, you know, my teenage years, I was an Xbox boy, you know, like, it, and then in my adulthood, I found, I, I truly found PlayStation. Right. So like, for me, I have a love for all three of these, these companies. I want them all to succeed, but I'm at a point of frustration with Microsoft because we always say, wait till next year next year's the year where they get it right and it never is and like my big prediction here is they're going to show us games and some of these games are going to look great some of them are going to be cgi all of that but i can't believe a lick of it until i'm actually playing it like phil said and i got a lot of crap online for saying it but i i I just feel like in my heart that's that's where i'm at it's like you could show me you could show me even starfield gameplay that appeals to me but until i actually get starfield in my hand Anything you say, anything you show me doesn't mean anything because I was the number one Redfall stand. I saw every CG thing. I saw every trailer and I was hyped for this game. And then I it comes right out you. and yeah. it just, it, it tumbles and stumbles. So like for me, and, and now I have no interest of, of playing it or touching it because look, I'm busy playing Zelda. I, I got Diablo. I got Final Fantasy. Humanity even taking a backseat for the moment. Like, there's just too much to to be playing for me, the double A smaller stuff. So when I take a look at Xbox, their problem is consistency, right? It's not just that. No, you, you know, Luke I have a question. Okay, I have yes. A question. All right, yeah, Luke Lore from XCP. Thank you. Hello. Uh, Forza Horizon Five didn't bring you in. Forza Motorsport Eight gonna bring you in. Nope. Will it bring in the Gran Turismo crowd? I think it looks freaking great. It looks incredible, it looks but it's simula- It's simulation, yeah. not arcade. I'm so the that's wrong the audience. To, I think I'm the wrong audience to 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 take a to take a gander at any of these because they've got two system sellers coming out this year in Starfield and uh, Forza Motorsport. Yeah, and without a doubt, they're system sellers. Doesn't matter if you, Starfield, you're excited, not excited. Launches with bugs, not. You're getting a Todd Howard joint. That's yeah. The Skyrim sequel is how people are going to paint it, right? That's going to sell some boxes. Well, does that move the needle at all? Does that matter? Nope. I don't think it does. Either. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think I think no to any of it. It doesn't have to move the needle, and it probably won't move the needle. Um, at, but to me, it's just like sheer frustration because I have a Series X and I do legitimately want to use it, but I got I got nothing right now, and nothing in 2022. And look, like again, it's not like they don't make great games. Pentiment, it, it, from what I hear, is stellar. Right? High Five Rush, from what I played. Nine out of ten, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know all that all that good stuff. Um, I 
at the same exact time, you get a red fall. At the same exact time, you get the AAA emptiness that is 2022. It's And then, you know, yeah, you get your Fables, your Avouds, and your Hellblades. And you're like, I've, I saw Hellblade in 2019. Where is this game? You got mm-hmm. a lot of unanswered questions. And I think Microsoft has to, this has to be their, like their coming to Jesus moment. <laughs> like, yep. we, we got to solve our, our development woes here. Something's not clicking. So to me, I have like no predictions for this show because I'm not even lukewarm. I like, I genuinely, I genuinely don't care about it. And that's the first time again, I, I, I can't, because I know what I'm saying is super fanboyish, but this is the first time ever that Xbox is putting on a showcase and I don't care. We're, we're watching it together. Yeah, um, and maybe gonna, that's you, pro- probably part of it. We're watching it together. Oh, so, so we're gonna do the do like the joint podcast live stream thing, and we've done this what every year since 2020. Mm-hmm. We done it every year. Something like we start because we watched the Halo one till we yeah. got real excited about Halo. I did, and then it took taken away. And Last so year like we kissed. We did. Yeah. Um, tongue. Oh yeah, uh, but <laughs> every year on that one, bud. <laughs> every year Xbox has a good showcase. Like if you go back, they're they've had some. Every year has been great E3s, um, good to great E3s. But how, what has that done for them? Yeah, that's the that, exactly. that's why. Like and at then, this like, point, last I'm year, like, remember, up, bro. Yeah, remember last year's like these are all the games coming out this year, and then Silk Song's like, we'll come out hopefully at the end of the year. <laughs> it's it, that's you know what they get that should have one word would intended for the next twelve months would have changed everything. Sure. Um, and anybody that's like getting mad about that, shut up, shut up. It no, was, I, no, you like, shut your mouth. Game development's difficult, right? It is, but just don't make those those weird yeah. promises. That was a weird promise. They should have said intended for the next twelve months. And their marketing did, by the way. They, it's like they missed it during their their conference. But game de- games delay all the time. What that's- Last of Us delayed like five hundred and eight times. Yeah. <laughs> um, side note: you delay games for quality. It's important. You hear yeah. me, Arcane? Oh, uh, but if I have like predictions, I could I could take out of my back pocket. Uh, Halo Infinite's Battle Royale. I think that is the big thing coming this fall. I think you're going to get that Gears of War collection. That's another thing coming out. Really? Yeah. I'll play the shit. Dude, I, oh my God, are you kidding we'll go me? Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course. Oh, um, and then, yeah, you're going to probably see I'm more Fable. Come. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, that was not come. Do not come. <laughs> That's, not that come. was inappropriate. No, no. That's the best soundboard I've ever heard. That's one life. of our favorites. Yeah. I use it almost daily. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's that's what I think. You see that Halo Battle Royale, that's intended for this year. You see that Gears Collection, that's intended for this year, and I will play the ever-living shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Fable, and I think Playground is probably their, the best developer that they got uh, right next to Ninja Theory and Coalition. So let's, let's see what this Fable's looking like. You know, are we going to get something closer to The Witcher of style and play, or are we going to get something more breath of the wild esh in terms of open world design um that's what i'm uh, i would be looking forward to and getting excited about tim what do you think is going to happen on xbox you got any xbox uh, predictions? so again the reason why i asked that question from the nintendo fan perspective is because of perfect dark i th- was wondering if they were going to show anything in regards to perfect dark 
maybe even along the lines of what they did with GoldenEye with Nintendo. As far as, you know, having, you know, the original games, Nintendo would get the original, how they do it over there. Xbox would get the enhanced version, how they do it over there. But that that would help bring build hype for whatever they're building towards the new Perfect Dark game. So whatever that might be done. Perfect Dark got reset. I know it got um, reset before, but I, I thought I understood them doing a new Perfect Dark game. So, okay. So Luke was a big fan of Avengers. Um, Swim in seventh. And a lot of that team got pulled and sent to okay. that. Sent to Perfect Dark uh, when Crystal Dynamics was called in for help. Uh, because the people that were working on Perfect Dark used to work at Crystal Dynamics. That was that was why that happened. Uh, and then there was Trouble in Paradise with that version. And I don't know what's happened since then. But that's, to me, very frustrating, right? Um, it's not the rare IP they need to be rebooting. Banjo. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and that would be cool to see, too. But there, that's why I was just trying to see, if is there some sort of relationship there still where there's that connection of, yes, we know Nintendo has its fans, its rare fans, and would want to play some of those games over there. But can we, because they're able to play them over there, can we bring them over to the Xbox to play the new version? You know, so yep. that's, uh, I'm looking, Fair. that that was one of my, again, maybe hopes, but a prediction to see maybe a perfect dark thing. And then also some more on the Indiana Jones game. I, I Is it going to probably be an Uncharted for the Xbox? Sure, but I'll take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like I, I, along with five other other people, get super jazzed about Indiana Jones. Like I know this this latest one is getting flack because of CG face, but I don't. Oh yeah, the movie flying. itself, yeah, for sure. I'm, no one I'm, cares I'm about going. Indiana Jones, I'm, guys. Yeah, it's, no it's, one. Ca- that was a weird IP to get in the first. I mean, that's for old people. The kids don't <laughs> care, man. That's for us. Yes, it's for us. <laughs> Where the fuck are my keys? Exactly. That's. I think that'll be the first game my father's like. I heard there's a Neander Jones. They got it on the computers. And I'm like, yeah, you want to see it? <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, any game that I get a punch of Nazi right in the face and then mm-hmm. have like the, you roll the end, you know, the, the, the dice to see if it's DeSantis is like late, late, late. <laughs> uh, I'll take that chance. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, I, 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 when I'm looking at, I'm just like Joe. I'm like, I don't, I want them to show something they haven't shown yet because what they have shown hasn't really spoken to me. Yeah. But I don't think they can. I don't think they can bring anything like a like a fable or a perfect dark unless it is all gameplay and ready to rock. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. think they can do that. I don't think they can do another teaser trailer. Uh, I mean, obviously this is all hyperbolic, but like that's yeah. like a dan- that's like a dangerous. That's like a dangerous thing to do. Unless you're really ready to rock with that game, just just shut up about it. Don't even say it unless it's there. So then that brings in State of Decay 3, which isn't a game for me. That brings in um, Halo Battle Royale, which I don't care about. Um, Hi, so I, I don't you, know. You like Fortnite though, right? I do. Yeah. Mm, okay. So so it's is it Fortnite's art and... Uh, it's whimsicalness 
it's the fact that Fortnite can be kind of any IP. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not invested in Halo. Like I've, I've, Halo's fine. I can play Halo, but I'm like, I'm not a Halo guy. Right. So the fact, and it's tethered to that. I mean, that by nature, that's what it is. Um, Fortnite, I don't enjoy because of the, battle royale-ness of it it's because i can be chris redfield playing with the easter bunny and get mowed over by a speedboat piloted by lebron james you know it's, it's just <laughs> stupid it's just stupid you know it can be anything you're bashing your your action figures together yeah i mean that's what it is we've been playing star wars in it lately that's what we've been playing star wars we love right fortnite. right yeah. and it's like you're not playing fortnite you're playing star wars because yeah. it's it is what you want it to be um I, I am excited about Forza Motorsport. Like, and I didn't think I would be until Gran Turismo because I've never been a simulation guy. But the fact that I loved Gran Turismo as much as I did, and then I saw what they showed of most Motorsport, and I thought it looked better. So, like, to me, that is a game that appeals to me. Um, but I don't have any predictions because I don't know what the hell. I don't know what they can do. I don't know what. I don't know what is on in, on the on the docket for Xbox for this. I don't. We're all low on Xbox, which is a great place for Xbox to be in a showcase. <laughs> yeah. If your expectations are low, you can only go up. That's that's a way to look at it, right? Um, and, but a proof was always in the pudding. If the, the head of Xbox is saying that, they know. They done, they done mess around too much. And again, I go back to, it's not like they've had bad years. They've had one bad game. And like even their 2022, they delivered in Game Pass and their live service stuff. Like we forget that Sea of Thieves is growing and doing very well. We forget that Grounded is growing and doing very well. We forget that State of Decay 2 is still getting updates and doing very well. We forget how strongly Microsoft supports its IP, not to mention Minecraft is out there doing its thing. Uh, Dungeons and Legends have come out uh, in this generation, which is, again, doing its thing. Uh, we forget that Microsoft Flight Simulator is, is continuing to grow and get more why would you think about those because they have their own communities right it's kind of like destiny like destiny has news every other week nobody cares except the destiny community right people aren't paying attention to the sea of these unless you get jack sparrow again or peter pan or some sort of big disney-esque ip people won't check out sea of thieves despite it's incredible that's a great video game um it's just they've got their own Segways. Pillars of Eternity is another example. Just, just doing its thing. Just doing its thing. But do we know about it? No. Um, it's a matter of what's bringing in the new people, what's going to get your headlines. And I think too much energy has been focused on ABK. And uh, as an Xbox content creator, I'm so sick of ABK. Plus, none of that do I need to be exclusive. I don't care. <laughs> um, it's just exhausting. And I think energies need to be refocused into pillar titles. Uh, to move the needle on the brands. I don't care if Xbox is in second, first, or third. Uh, I d that doesn't matter. I just want them healthy because healthy is competitive and that brings us better experiences. So uh, whatever does happen with them this year at their showcase, my hope is that they've taken some lessons in the Redfall and Minecraft Legends launches, which were both good and bad. Um, Yo, they're on the phone. Hey, 60 frames is the standard. Gameplay needs to be the thing. You need help, you ask us ahead of time. If you need engineers, we've got it. The Coalition has an entire division of engineers set to go help you with Unreal Engine 5. Everybody working at, uh, oh my god, who's making Hellblade? Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory, yeah. Yeah, they are built for Unreal Engine 5. Like, 
you you were making this this gears uptick we're making a what is it the fallout yeah there's fallout 4 upgrades for unreal engine 5 like all right they you need to be ready to go on your stuff and if they're not making phone calls to stream pipelines uh then they've got a problem all right let's wrap things up with our wild card i will start uh just to give you guys a sense of you know obviously this is stuff that falls outside third party whatever uh i think and i i bet on this last year because it had its 25th anniversary i think we're going to see new tomb raider uh it has been it has been bought by amazon but it was already in the works by crystal dynamics so i think we're going to get an announcement of what is in store we've heard rumblings of like there's this big uh universe that amazon is creating where they're going to have like tv and movie tie-ins um so i think we're going to get a taste at summer game fest or at summer game bang i'm sorry yeah please (laughs) gotta get this marketing right respect uh of the new the new look and the new vision for what tomb raider is going to be going forward i think it is going to be a connection i think it's going to be a extension of the survivor trilogy not going to be another reboot although i kind of i kind of wish it would be uh i wasn't a big fan of the survivor trilogy but i do think it's going to be the same voice actress the same characters continuing but like a lighter flavor it's not going to be so uh, everything is depressing and i'm going to murder everybody kind of tomb raider it's going to be more boisterous fun colorful action adventure we're not going to see gameplay but we're going to see an announcement and maybe like a title of what that game is going to be and a little bit of a glimpse of where Lara is going to next. What do you guys think about that? Any any chance? Dope. I like it. More Tomb Raider is always Love good. It. I do think, though, it's a complete reboot. A complete reboot as well. Yeah. I, I, I hope. Do you think yeah. they would? Do you think they would yeah. again? Oh, yeah. 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 Even with Crystal Dynamics still attached? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That story's done. Laura's yeah. story is done. And not for nothing, Tomb Raider doesn't move the needle. Um despite the extreme quality of that that trilogy so something new is would be cool and those oh, movies man. by the way with alicia vikander yes sir <laughs> i liked them i never watched it good it's fu- i mean they're fun they're fun it's better not than good. the uncharted it's movie. A seven is yeah, what well, luke I mean, is saying <laughs> the uncharted movie was not good right and oh! i thought it was fine it's it is fu- yeah fine it's fine Oh, we showing lightsabers i was yeah. holding mine just a minute yeah i saw it and i was like i gotta get my yeah. thick boy calcasus I've got cows on that. It's back there. Um, I'm jealous. But, uh, but the... enough time has passed, right? Since yeah. I played I played Shadow of the Tomb Raider late. So I, I have a hard time gauging when that game actually came out. But I think enough time has passed where we should yeah. be seeing something on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, and those it would be hilarious games. if we see it at the PlayStation Showcase. I don't know why it would be hilarious to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, why would it be funny? Oh, because like, like, because all the all the fiasco that Xbox gave got for doing like an exclusive thing for that game. Uh, yeah, so we have like PlayStation. To that was nine years ago. God, isn't that wild? Nine years ago. Lots changed in nine years. Yeah. All right, Tim. We want to hear your wild card because I I think your boat is pulling up yes. in the harbor. You gotta, you gotta get going here. <laughs> All right. So, um, not sure if this is a prediction, but more of uh, maybe questions that maybe lead to predictions. But I like the way Val Valve has been accepting competition for their Steam Deck, uh, especially with the Asus Rogue Ally coming out. 
Um, so I I was just wondering if um, maybe we'll see like because we're still there's a lot of hype around the Switch too, right? So I wonder if there's going to be any type of connection down the line if we don't get the Switch too. Like for me, I don't think we're getting the Switch two this year. So, but for me, I think there's going to be uh, something where Nintendo works with one of these companies like they've done say like gamecube had the panasonic gamecube or whatever it was you know they had all these companies that they worked with uh uh electronic companies where they had these special edition hardware versions of their consoles so i just was wondering if maybe these consoles would have and this is totally definitely wild part of the wild card thing but having nintendo uh, or having, say, a rogue ally that could play Nintendo Switch games officially. It, it only plays or Steam Deck, that a uh, version of that that plays, you know, uh, Nintendo games, has access to the eShop officially. I know it's crazy, it's wild, but that's what I thought Wildcard was, right? But no, but series. I like it. Seriously, it's, it's like, I think, though. Overall, I want to see more of that competition between Steam Deck, Rogue Ally, mm-hmm. um, all these portable gaming systems officially in the mainstream. So I want to see more of it. Oh, look what! Look at there that. was even a rumor of a, oh, a what a PSP that. at one point too. So yeah. I think you'll yeah. see that. So. I, I love me some portable stuff, but I want to, uh, again, it does come back to Nintendo. I haven't seen that lately where Nintendo is working with a manufacturer to help, you know, that would allow the, uh, that manufacturer to have access to their eShop. All right, Luke, let's, let's hear your wild card. All right. Wild cards for me. I, I've got a, several, but I think it's time we see some uh, love on the DC front. I think Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad, uh, disappoint a lot of dc fans in the gaming space and james gunn has talked about the need for a good gaming space element uh i would love to see a superman something that's been a long rumor forever and ever it, it was in development at one point and it wasn't and i think james gunn wants to unify a lot of uh the the gaming space with the film space which i'm excited for uh which would mean you couldn't get better than a logo uh which is fine which is fine uh i don't mind that as long as we know that it's happening i'm down for that uh, in the meantime, to kind of fill that void, because Suicide Squad is not going to scratch the itch that a lot of people want, uh, you get your Arkham Collection, your Arkham Remaster, maybe it's t- time to bring them into this generation uh, would be great, because Arkham Knight was the Xbox One, PS4 generation, and then the other two were, uh, the other three rather, were PS3 and Xbox 360 games. And that is wild that it has been that long. It has been that long, yeah. Um, and... You know, you can have a lot of Arkham-esque moments in Gotham Knights, but you got to look for them. And that's kind of a bummer. Uh, so I, I really would love some some superhero goodness on the DC side. Wonder Woman's been in development. What does that mean now that James Gunn's kind of unifying uh, their vision? Uh, there are other superheroes that we could take, take for a spin there. Um, there's a lot you could do with a lot of DCIP, and I would like to see that. So my wild card is that we see the Arkham stuff come back, you get a Superman logo, and you see some Wonder Woman gameplay. Um, would love to see a Flash game. Would love to see a Green Lantern game. Is, uh, it, is this Flash game, the Flash takes on the state of Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I will tell you what, man. I'm so excited for this Flash movie. And people are like, yo, you can't like it. I'm like, hey, more than one people made that movie, bro. Like, <laughs> like, nah, calm it down. I saw one guy got really mad. It's like, more than one person makes a movie. And I'm not going to waste and throw away all of their talent uh, because one person acting up. It's, it's because one person beat up an entire state. I got it. <laughs> and they couldn't catch him. He was the Flash. Um, Aww. But I will tell you what, this movie I'm excited for, The Flash, because like Michael Keaton is back. They're getting General Zod back, and I will forever be sad that Henry Cavill's gone. But um, I got my I got my four hour version. I can't complain about a thing. And I'm so excited for them to. For, I'm excited for people to be excited about DC, and I want that as my wild card to make its way into the gaming space again. I think we are underserviced in AAA superhero games. We've got Spider Man. We had Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, which which wasn't quite the same, um, but beyond that, what have you gotten in the AAA space? You had Avengers, which gave you experiences, but it wasn't what people wanted. No. What else are you getting in the AAA superhero space? Wolverine's far away out. So excited for Spider-Man too. Um, but beyond that, I play Fortnite, where I can, if the web shooters are active that month, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want some superhero love. Uh, before we move on to Joe's wildcard. I have to ask you because I haven't asked you in a long time. Are you watching Lois or Su- Superman and Lois? Buddy, I love you so much. And I feel so sad when I see you say the best live action versions of Superman because I thought that in season one, but it got a little too CWE for me. Uh, um, and I, I, I don't do the tweeny. Like I loved yeah. Arrow seasons one and two, loved Flash season yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but the, the little too drama filled. But I will say Tyler Hecklin, incredible Superman. Uh, the actress that plays Lois, wonderful Lois Lane. I love their version of Superman, but I couldn't stick with the whole, like, we have two kids and, like, you know, do they have power? That's yeah. not for me, the high school drama stuff, but because I live that, right? Right, right. Um, but, I, but rock on and, kid, like, what a great, what a great person to carry the legacy because, like, he looks great in the suit. He, he does his thing. Does such a good job. Such a good job. Yeah. I, I, I encourage people to watch Superman and Lois. I like Superman and Lois. It just got a little too tweeny for me. Sure, sure. Okay, so, Joe. My card. personal favorite Superman was the one in uh, Superman and Lois in the 90s. Oh, God, no. I you we, would like no, him. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. he, really, he really stands for the American way, you know? Uh, <laughs> and also, like, the dude that, that um, in Xena. Keith Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, hold the... Hold, hold on, hold on. Wait, I gotta. He's get my right personal here. favorite. I'm gonna show my age here All and right. show how much of a fucking loser I was back in high school. I loved Hercules and Xena. So did I. So fucking much. Part of it was the Sam Raimi. You know, coming off of Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, and they had Bruce Campbell in there and all that stuff. But anyway, I unabashedly loved those shows. And him as a person. Kevin Sorbo has turned into the biggest cocksucker. (laughs) Just the worst scum of the earth. That it, like, actively upsets me how much I looked up to him as a a little teenage dumbass. Yeah. Um, Yeah. To see, and I know you're not supposed to get invested in that kind of thing, but to sure. see somebody that you really loved, like you just look forward to every week seeing him do his goofy kung fu shit uh, on Hercules, and he just turned into the worst human 
on sucks. the face of the earth. I mean, like like Joe said, Dean Kane wore the Superman S. That means so much to My me. favorite Superman. You know? <laughs> um, it's, it, it sucks when your heroes stop being your heroes, you know? It's um, just... I mean, just ask, just ask the whole entire state of Hawaii, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, let's get your wild card in here. You're right. I don't want Record to 2, baby. Further. I want Record 2 for real. You want Record 2. And I want Darksiders Genesis 2. And I want Crackdown 4. Yeah. Um, there was I'd one love more. for them to try Crackdown 4 again. I don't want I them to tell anyone. Like, I didn't like 3, but I loved that they did it. If they just shadow dropped a crack, like, don't tell anyone you're making it. You need to high five rush Crackdown. And then one day, it's like Crackdown 4 is out, and you're all like, <laughs> and you play it, and it's good. All right. Alright, so let's 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 put our adult pants on, okay? Let's do this. Uh, my, pants? Yeah, my wild card pick. I was I was going around in my head. I'm like, what would I want my wild card pick to be? I got I got Peacemaker's to. dad the game. Yeah, you no, would. I think my you wild would. card prediction is Phil Spencer gets on stage, tells you all that the ABK deal is dead, uh, <laughs> Xbox is folding, and he goes, Here's meet the new owner. Elon Musk walks on stage and oh goes, we're rebranding. Holding hands with Phil Harrison. That's right. And they go, we're rebranding the Xbox name into the OUYA. This is now the OUYA 2H. Should have said Stadia 2. 2H. No, 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 it's OUYA. It's OUYA is love, OUYA is life, and OUYA will outlive us all. That's my wild, wild card. Now, you want to get really crazy and then put some nuts in it? Here. I think we see Santa Monica's game. Oh. I And I think we see Naughty Dog's not Last of Us game. Um, not not last not of us game. game. They you know, it, they've been rumored to be making. Everybody says that Naughty Dog's making the sci-fi game, right? I think that's Santa Monica. I think Santa Monica is making a sci-fi action adventure game, and I think but- Naughty Dog would be the ones that are making a fantasy, uh, high fantasy RPG. Oh, what's Santa Monica? That's my product? wild card. I'm getting crazy. So that's what Barlog's working on? That's what the Barlog team's working on. I think we'll see like a little CG trailer, like a little teaser of what's to come. Uh, and then we see Naughty Dog. Like, I think Naughty Dog starts and finishes the show. K- kind of akin to like PSX a few years back, where they started with, hey, here's Uncharted Lost Legacy and then finish with Last of Us Part 2. They'll probably be like, hey, here's Last of Us Factions. And then here's a new IP from Naughty Dog. Interesting. That's my wild card. It's crazy. It shan't happen. It won't happen. Have you heard anything about what this factions is supposed to be? Like, is it literally just going to be multiplayer versus kind of thing? But it really really sounds like a a Tarkov like experience. It's like to me, everything about it screams. This is an extraction game uh, where you're probably like going to find something for a settlement that you're probably creating. Uh, And that's how they'll put in the the story elements of this game. So kind of like how the, the way I picture it, you remember the survivors in, in the last of Us multiplayer, uh, the original, there were just little specks in a circle, like a Petri dish, which I thought was cute. You're actually going to see something more akin to like a red dead redemption, uh, two style camp with these people that you've met along the way. And the reason why you're going out and extracting things, is the further a story that's happening in this post-apocalyptic San Francisco. I think everything about that excites me. If this is like the division, like, you know, dark zone, but amplified and 
the Last of Us uh, uh, skin on it, that excites me that, a lot. There's a big market for that that is, because yeah. Adam, I'm looking at your face. Val, yeah. The Valheim game I was bringing up earlier for Xbox, huge audience. Tarkov, huge audience. Those survival games, yeah, they've got a huge audience. You get one with Last of Us branding, it's going to do very well yeah. to bring PlayStation into the live service uh you know, persistent online game. Um, so that'd be interesting. I could not care less about it, Joe. Oh man, See, yeah, dude! And I, I, I love, love Naughty Dog. I love Last of Us. I, I just don't have any interest in a multiplayer experience with that, with that sure. brand. And not that I, you know, I, it is what it is. Like, do what you're gonna do with your brand but it is kind of a weird thing to have something you're heavily invested in go in a direction that you could not possibly care less about oh they did that with last of us too they ruined the franchise oh, oh. <laughs> my name's luke and i love golfing now <laughs> it's a bad game you know red Popper it's a life, great right? game it's a great <laughs> game you just like this weird power fantasy thing you know oh i put my games are very easy so i feel like god you know all that stuff this is what yep. i was hoping for with this show yep well, guys, we're going to that those are our predictions. So at the very end of the show, we wrap things up with something that we call the caboose, where everybody brings a recommendation for something outside of the world of video games that they would recommend. Somebody partakes in something you might enjoy, something you've been doing. I will begin while you guys think this over because I'm super jacked. I'm so excited today. There is going to be a live stream. That's the day of this recording. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll be on demand. But today there is a live stream Foo Fighters performance as they gear up for their new tour for their new album, which comes out in a month. I am the biggest Foo Fighters fan. I love this band. Uh, they've got a lot to uh, live up to with the passing of their drummer, Taylor Hawkins. This is their first album post his death. Uh, so they're bringing an energy and an importance to say that we're still here. We're still making music and to honor his memory. Today, they're gonna to be live streaming a concert as they prepare the new the new tracks, the new music, and the new vibe of Foo Fighters. So look for that on demand as you listen to this podcast. If you are a fan, um, I'm super I got a excited question. for that. Yeah. Uh, who's, the, who's the replacement drummer? I don't think they've said. I would imagine for the album, it's probably Dave Grohl. He's probably right. doing the tracks on the album, but as far as who they're gonna take on tour, I don't think they've even announced it yet. I'm I'm curious I'm curious to tune in today to see who's uh, sitting at the kit. Yeah, it's cool if it was Lincoln Park's drummer. Anybody's guess? They they did their Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts, mm -hmm. and they had different people rotating in and out. So it could be somebody from that. It could be somebody totally new. Unsure, but I'll be I'll be tuning in, and I'll be loving it. Joe, what do you have to re recommend for somebody? What's in your caboose? I mean, I got two things to recommend. First, always, always Ted Lasso. Um, that show is just, it's, 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 it's medicine. Like it's good mm -hmm. medicine. It, it, it cures you of all your elements, uh, so, or ailments rather. Um, love, love, love that show. Love season three. Just love it. Uh, second, I would like to just say in like two weeks, I'll be experiencing Into the Spider-Verse 2 or, you know, Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I am so excited. That movie means so much to me. 
the first the first movie is my favorite movie of all time. So like for me, I'm gonna be a very emotional boy walking mm-hmm. into that theater because uh, that that movie is important. And last but not leastly, because this this show does not get the love that I feel like a lot of like Twitter gives to something like a Ted Lasso or a Mandalorian or any of that. Um, everybody should be watching Yellow Jackets. It's on Hulu. Uh-huh. Uh, Yellow Jackets is about a um, a high school soccer team who gets uh, who, who suffers a, a airplane crash in this mysterious mountain range, um, and they have to survive. And it's a two story like arc that's happening at the same exact time. You're seeing them in modern day, the survivors, and then you're seeing what happened during the time of the the, the crash. And it's a little losty, huh? It's a little losty, and the 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 little the little like uh, spice to it is that there is a a cult element to it, a, a borderline satanic element to it. That um, those those hills may have eyes, you know what I mean? So wow. that is that that shows legitimately great. The performances of of the entire cast is phenomenal. Go watch yellow jackets that's uh that sounds right up my alley and appropriate because this is episode 108 and if you're a fan of lost uh episode 108 means something luke what's in your caboose uh so much uh i want to point everybody to star trek picard season three it is that show is medicine for anybody that grew up on any level of star trek uh, skip seasons one and two of Picard if you're if it's not your thing. I should, watch. right? Yeah. I'm yeah. like halfway through season one and I'm like, this is supposed to be good, right? It's not bad. It's not good compared like you want go watch season three. Skip okay. two altogether. Go watch three. It, it takes good care of you. You don't need to go back. It fills you in just fine. Perfect. You okay. need to watch season three. There is some of the best acting I've ever seen from Todd Stashwick in that uh, show. Uh, underused and I really hope we see more of it but that show is pure happiness and they put the Star Wars and Star Trek which is really cool um, mm. you'll you'll absolutely adore your time with Star Trek Picard season 3 uh, if you're not a Trekkie uh, two Nathan Fillion joints that people should watch The Rookie and Castle both are light hearted shows that take serious subjects and make them light hearted and I, I, my wife and I enjoy both of them a great deal the Rookie is, is solid, good cop show, um, and Castle's been a long-standing show that's been out for a long time, but we're just now experiencing it, so that's fun. So. Fantastic. I want to thank all of our panelists. Tim Alf obviously had to take his boat early. Uh, he is from the Nintendo Dads podcast, so make sure that you check those guys out. They are long-standing friends of Mega Dads, but not as good as Mega Dads, obviously. Um, Luke, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can listen to you, where they can watch you now. Sure. You're growing. You're a growing boy. You also are a longstanding friend of the show. I can remember you reaching out to us, just a wee little lad. Hey, guys. I've been listening to you guys. I think it's great. It's true. I one day want to be a podcaster, too. It's true. I don't think Elliot was even born. Probably not. Yeah. And now, look, years later, you still want to be a podcaster. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, shit. We should. Oh. We, well, first of all, before I, I, I plug XCP, who, 
Uh, I want to thank Joe for skipping his clan meeting. It was good for you to be here with us. Um, thank you for Jesus that. Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can find uh, me over on the Xbox Expansion Pass on all your podcast services and on YouTube. Uh, we focus a lot on interviews as well. I most recently had on uh, Erica Lindbeck, who is known for a number of different animes, but also uh, big time games, Fortnite, Cyberpunk, uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, just a really prolific voice actor. Also had the developers of Last Case of Benedict Fox and Xbox Exclusive. They were on just recently. Uh, check out XEP. It would mean the world to us. Uh, we have a wonderful Discord community as well uh, via our Patreon if you're interested in that. Uh, but in short, just check out the show. Um, we really appreciate it. We Positive vibes. We don't dump on PlayStation. That's not fun for us. Uh, Logan and I enjoy celebrating games, not dissing them. Uh, so tongue in cheek here and there, but never, never uh, grumpy boys. We we appreciate uh, gaming in general. So yeah, XCP, check it out. Wonderful, wonderful, Joe. Yeah. Let's let's hear. I know you have the most well rehearsed spiel. Every time I've talked to you, you roll this sucker out like it's insincere, tattooed right? on your. Insincere. He doesn't mean it. It's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Here. And you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Adam, thank you for having me. This was legit. So much fun. Had a blast. Shout out to Tim as well. Who, you know, he tried to be a little spicy at the end, but he's too adorable. He he's just, too yeah, nice. doesn't have it mm-hmm. in him, right? I love that he um, looks like a biker who would seriously fuck you up. Right? He's like just the most gentle teddy bear in the world. Yeah. It's like you, at the end of the day, you want to pat him on the head and feed him from the hand. Like, you know, he's just adorable. Th- adorable man. Uh, and I want to say, um, listen, Adam. Next time, I got, I got a really good Xbox guy called Captain Logan. He should be on the show. <laughs> I think he's gonna do a stellar job. Um, you can find me, of course, over at the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. This week is gonna be our biggest week ever we got a mystery guest joining us we got the playstation showcase that we're reacting to live on wednesday at 4 p.m edt time so go watch us there follow us at ps trophy and get all your updates and you can follow the show over on apple Podcasts, spotify google play wherever pods are caught you can catch us there and rate us five stars because we are 35 reviews away from reaching 1,000. Reviews worldwide. Why? Holy crap. I know, right? It's Congratulations. It's, I never thought this day would come. Uh, and I've stars. only paid for half of them. But yeah, five stars get you in a, to, to win a copy of Diablo 4. How, however much that means. Yeah, and it just helps us out. It makes us feel nice. So yeah, follow us out all the places. And again, Adam, thank you so much because this was legit a blast. This was a blast. I always, you know, last year I did the uh, Spotlight series where I talk to people one-on-one and it's always my favorite part mega dad's live is not typically a guest centric show uh so i always love reconnecting with folks especially people like you guys who i've known for so many years uh and we've gone through a lot of highs a lot of lows and just experienced so much together as friends like i really genuinely consider you guys as friends even tim even though he left early um so i i love talking to you guys let's do it again uh and for tim for luke for Mr. Bad Bit. Uh, this is Adam Leonard saying, I'm going to come. We'll see you next month on Mega Dad's Live. <laughs> <laughs>